All right, let's go ahead and get this thing kicked off, man. Uh, I want to go right into it because um, a lot of things to talk about today. So let's start it off right. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Make sure that as soon as you come in, you go ahead and click that like button. And also, while you're clicking that like button, go over to the YouTube page. If you're watching us on Facebook, that's great, but go over to the YouTube page and subscribe to the network. Make sure you t- turn on notifications. Also, please make sure you follow us on Spotify. So if you have missed any of our conversations in the previous episodes, all of those episodes are up on Spotify. This episode will be posted up on Spotify as soon as tomorrow. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's go ahead and get it kicked off. Ain't no time. Ain't no reason to waste no time. All right, here we go. So me and Rick have had many a conversation. Uh, we converse quite often, and we talk about our feelings and emotions and all that jazz. And one of the things that has come up before is because we have our opinions, and I guess because we are educated, that we bougie. So first question on the table is, are we bougie? Oh, we bougie. I just got to, I'm going to ask, hey, I'm going to keep it real. So uh, I'm going to actually go, I'm going to start from my left to my right. So Sean, are we bougie? Oh man, that's a loaded question. No, you're not bougie. You're educated. When did education, when did educated become bougie? Like when? No, you're educated. You know what you're talking about. You are um, educated in the area of not just music, but in life, but in teaching young students. Um, I'm still, I'm trying to figure out that bougie part though. Now, if, I don't know, maybe if we would talk about something else and you wanted to know if, if you bougie, I might say, yeah, but no, are we, are we talking about band and music and stuff? Yeah, we talking about band, music, music education, all that. Are we bougie? No, no, not at all. No, but I, I think that's a slippery slope, man. We we really have got to stop, you know, edu- uh, associating uh, something negative with something positive just because we don't like it. All right, Quan, are we bougie? um from the from the context that you're giving uh yes from the context you're giving because if we're speaking about the difference between informed and uninformed and if the uninformed feels like that you're quote-unquote better or you're uppity so to speak we're going to use that term as well if that's the case then yes because rational would never understand irrational and I think sometimes it's it's a it's a double-edged sword. So sometimes you have people that are very educated, sometimes talk over people who may not have the same degrees. And you know, a degree doesn't mean that uh you're better than an individual. It just means to to a point you have more tenacity and you stuck with it. Uh so from the context that you explained it about, you know, being educated is bougie and whatnot. Um I think it's a double-edged sword. Uh, but I think sometimes you just have pride in what you know. And what you know, if you can prove it, hey, 
I guess if that's bougie, then hey, you bougie. But it goes back to my opinion to post-traumatic slave syndrome from that. Because if you feel like you know something or you're well-informed, a person feel like, oh, you know better, you, you're better than me. No, I'm not. But I do know this expertise in this area. But Ricky is bougie. <laughs> I guess it's always rich folk. Yeah, definitely. All right, Gary, are we bougie? Hell yeah, y'all bougie. No, y'all not bougie. No, you speak from a place of knowing what you talk about. And uh, no, you speak from a place of knowing what you talk about. And to some, they may look at that and think it's bougie. No, it's not bougie. You just stand confident in what you talk about. You know, a lot of people can sit and jaw jack about band all day. So they think they know, or they think they know this. But, you know, y'all go right to the juggler and be like, boop, 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 boop. Um, just because you all operate in different idioms outside of the HBCU world that you're in other things, people may look and say, oh, they bougie because, oh, Rick think he better than everybody because he do drum corps and da, 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 and da, 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 da. No, you just step down. You're doing something different. It's no different. People still don't know that you still from the hood. You're from Portsmouth. So, no, you're not bougie. No, not bougie. Awesome. All right, Rick. Are we bougie? Ah, excuse me. So, um, <laughs> let me have a sip first. Excuse me. Yes. I guess we he's all parched. he's parched. Everybody. Yes, I'm. I'm parched. Good sir. Pinky's up. Pinky's up. Right. Um, are we bougie? I guess it depends on who said we are. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, I think, you know, I think it's really ironic, y'all, that we get criticized for having an opinion by people that think that their opinion matters to anybody else in the whole world. So when we come with a opinion about something that's contrary to the group think, the other side, who are you? Who who are you to say what you doing and this and that? You like, man, that dude, that, we don't know it, man. We ain't worried about him. He played fourth trumpet. But these are the same people that will get online and tell somebody they band sucks. Their opinion, everything they say is, is gold. It, you know, let them say whatever they want, but you are not entitled to your opinion, which may be contrary what? to What? <laughs> So I, I think it's mighty ironic. Y'all, to give some context, we I've seen, Julie and I both have seen all types of narratives and, and, and feedback about, A, what we're doing here, talk that talk, and B, um, the opinions that we have. Like, you would be surprised. Anything from we bougie. I've heard that on numerous occasions. Sean, when we first got to uh, PV, I was told by many people from the Houston area that we were bougie. And oh, yeah. it was just simply because we we had different standards. I don't I don't I don't understand why everyone must do the same thing. And I don't understand why that permeates just American culture. I don't think that's a black only thing. I think that's an American thing. You either believe in what I believe or you are against me. And I think that's why we see what we see on the news with people that can't believe that one plus one equals two. You know, or people that believe that somebody won an election, you know, just because they say it so. 
Like that's the world we live in now. So I think we are only being victims of the of the country that and the world that we live in now. But I, I want these people that think we are bougie to know we're gonna continue to be whatever you think we are. You won't change our minds about what we believe at all. I actually think it's funny that y'all get in those groups and talk all that trash and do all that inappropriate stuff. Um, but aren't doing anything to make these bands better. How much money have you given to your alma mater that you say you love? I'm in the alumni association at Norfolk State. A dues, a card carrying member of the alumni association because I love my school. I've seen Sean participate in almost every, you know, homecoming. Well, not every, but has done homecoming, has done all these things because she loves her university. Hell, everybody knows that guy right there, Gary. Y'all already know, and I'm sure we're going to bring this up. Y'all know how I feel about him. I think he's the GOAT right now when it comes to HBCU visual. Where is he at? His alma mater. That's what I'm that's that's what loving your university is to me. So I think it's easy for people to throw stones from afar, and I'll be whatever you think I am. Because guess what? I love my life. God has blessed me, and I go to sleep, you know, with a good conscience at night because I know I'm trying to do what, in my opinion, is best for my people as us as African Americans and then young people um, who want to do what we do. So sorry, I'll take it. I guess I am bougie. Thank you. You're so bougie. <laughs> bougie. You right, bougie. So... You bougie though. <laughs> you I, I love you take notice, Gary. I ain't say Portsmouth on purpose. Because I can talk all articulate. Yeah. As soon as you say Portsmouth, it just it comes right back out. I'm like, oh my God. So Yes, so I am from let me let me let me go ahead and and like take this a little further. Um, it's really interesting to me, and actually, I think uh, Quan brought this up. Uh, I want to say a couple of days ago, I ended up going back to that original viral post, that mass band post, kind of because Quan brought it up, and I started looking in a lot of the comments, and I I was like. A lot of people were like uh, calling us or more or less Rick's comments, Uncle Tom's and the trying to be on the white standard of things. And And when it comes to this thing called band and music and music education, when you don't subscribe to just the marching aspect, why is it that and anybody can answer this? We can just kind of go on a dialogue about this. But why is it that it's all of a sudden considered for us to be doing it the white way? Because anything that's different from the norm is, you know, it's funny. When I think think band culture, I don't think about my generation of band. I think about the generations before me. And it's, it's mighty ironic that some of these people that have the most to say are 21, 22, 23 years old. And they know everything that's ever happened with HBCU band. That is like, they don't know that Mississippi Valley used to be one of those white style bands that y'all talking about. Know your history. There's a lot of bands. Virginia State used to do a lot of that same stuff too. Why? They had the same band director. Who was the first black HBC, uh, the first black to be at a predominantly white institution at the University of Pittsburgh and Minnesota? And he'll be talking to us next week. Yeah. So 
it's always the people who are the most ill-informed that get to dictate our culture or the people who are on the outside, never marched a day in their life, but can dictate what HBCU band culture is. Like that that baffles me. And then I and it's the same thing. And Quan, I'm sure you're gonna jump in and say it. It's the same thing Quan says all the time. At the end of the day, we have been conditioned to think that anything that's good is white. I'm not even going to talk about marching style. I'm not even going to talk about what the mans do. Just anything that's good, we we automatically, some people, associate with white. And I have fought that my whole career. That's the reason why I carry myself in the communities that I'm in, like Gary was saying with drunk corps and stuff. I am unapologetically black. I don't change the way I act at all. The same Rick you see right here is the same Rick when I'm standing in front of my horn line doing what I do. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, when you see people that look like us that do what we do at a high level, then it's people will start. I think, in my opinion, will start to okay. It's okay to you know to, to look at people like Sean who has done great work with her group for so long, like right? or the innovation. Think about innovation in in HBCU band. I hope that's a question because I cannot wait to talk to Gary about it because it ain't happening. You know, except for a couple of places around the country. So I think at the end of the day, Julie, I think it's just people have been conditioned to think that anything that's different or good is related to white. And I just don't I don't subscribe to that at all. And I'm not going to ever. Sorry. So you, you said a mouthful. I'll just say this part real quick. Anything that, quote unquote, there's, you know, that Western aspect of music. They feel that it's white, not realizing that it's been African-Americans that have been doing great things and those same things for years. Prime example, one of my favorite composers of all time is William Grant Steele. We don't highlight him, but this man has wrote several symphonies, several operas, several ballets, so forth and so on. But because honestly, like you said, we're ill-informed about composers like him, we don't speak about Duke Ellington and his uh, uh, arranging and composing capabilities like, you know, post his mother passing away because he, he was writing things differently at that point. We don't speak about those things. So we just assimilate. Well, all they talk about is Bach, Beethoven, stuff like that. Let's go past that. You know what I'm saying? So that's just one aspect of, of, of what you're saying. Number two, like when you speak about some of the things like of HBCU bands, yes, Dr. William P. Foster, you know, changed things. But let's be honest with ourselves. Some of those things we took from PWIs too. No, he sure did. You so did. I mean, if you look at some of the uniforms, if you want to be honest, Southern's fast cadence. Southern's putting that head on the ground, the drum major. All of that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, high stepping. High you know stepping. If if you looked at old school Purdue. That is basically Gremlin with, yeah. <laughs> with the same white shoes. So it's kind of like good music is good music. I think honestly, we're we're and what's funny is like we 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 assimilate like like you say white is right and all that stuff. But some of the things that we created, we don't hold for ourselves. We give it to everybody, but then we back door and say, "Well, this is ours," but we don't protect it. So it's kind of like which one we gonna do. Are we going to protect it and say this is ours? Are we just going to look at it as, man, good music is good music? You just, said, you just said a mouthful there, Quan. I, I, I just, for one, 
the thing that bothers me the most in our young people is that they don't know their history and they don't try to find out either. And like at, at the conference this past week, I did a presentation, I did a lecture workshop on the history of the HBCU dance style. And I took it all the way back to the military bands, you know, with the, the dancers, with the, the pom-poms and the, and the, poofs on the head and the batons and all of that. And you'd be amazed at how many people just don't know about the history and they just assume that it started when they were born. Um, but yeah, a lot, Dr. Greggs used to always tell us where the Southern style came from. And, and, you know, it was Michigan. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but the other thing, Juan, that you said about not protecting our own, we, Julia, you need a whole show just on that. That is one of my big, that's one of my things right now is why are we not protecting what we created? You know, when, when the jazz department left uh, Southern University, I just, why? You know, I, I couldn't, <laughs> you know, so we don't protect our own and and uh, we're a little short-sighted. Um, with people not really wanting to learn their history. And let me just say this real quick, Julian. You know, even some of the cadences we play, Electric Wheelchair, that's been remixed and played by several HBCU bands too. And so if you're a percussionist, you you know what cadence that is because that's one of, one of the most famous cadence, that one in Legend of a One-Eye. So some of these people was written by white people. But good music is good music, dog. Like we we really gotta grow up. But I think those are some of the small-minded people that just they're comfortable with what they're comfortable with. And sometimes think about it. You, most of us, all of us, we from the hood, and we went to college. And when you went back, oh, you went to school now. Oh, you better than us. It's nah, bro. I, I just try to go to school, fam. But I'm still the same person. But that's a whole another story. Yeah, let me, let me let me go ahead and say this too, Quan. While you kind of said it, it's it's not specifically on topic, but you don't have to say like excuse me and stuff. If y'all want to rock, you all rock. I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and cook. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna stop you if you got something on your brain and you want to go ahead and get it out. All right, what's going on, Chief? You all right? Man, what up, though? Man, it's good to see everybody. How y'all doing, man? Oozing, boozing, and cruise. And hey, if you're not doing it, he came. He came oh. sliding on with a red cup. Right, <laughs> sipping we, the we, we so know, bougie. Bro. We just had water. Hey, right. <laughs> no, I just hey, Quan, Quan. I got some fresh oh. lemonade here. That's just fresh lemonade. Oh, okay. best that y'all is it made. hard? Is it hard? <laughs> that's that y'all made, just like the ATL movie. Pause. <laughs> uh, Quan, you brought up William Grant Steele, man. That guy, man. People, I, I think he's one of those people like Garrett Morgan in the black community that if people knew how influential he really was he would be a lot more famous than what he is. And William Grant Steele is, is, is moderately famous. Right. But if people like I, part of my, um, my writing and my dissertation is uh, talking about, you know, the beginnings of jazz in general and that work he did with WC Handy, he did a lot of the arranging for WC Handy. Who's the father of, you know, what became what we call, you know, the jazz. So I think that's one part of it. But if uh, all you guys, we've been talking about wind ensemble music. If you want an awesome, if you you have an upper level band, even just go listen to it. It's a really good North Texas recording online on uh, YouTube. But William Grant Steele has a piece called Summerland. 
And when I first learned it, it was so good. I sent Julian the score. I called him and meet. I was like, bro, just I listen. still got it. it. Yep. It is one of the most sparsely uh, orchestrated pieces you will find, but it's gorgeous, man. Go check out his uh, one ensemble uh, arrangement of his piece, Summerland. It'll blow your mind. And if you want some really good challenging music, uh, it's like a great four or five-ish ballad. So that lets you know exactly what you're dealing with. Um, but it's really good, and it, and I strongly suggest it. I bet. All right, that was a good way to start it. Good way to start it. I, I guess people thought I was trying to, you know, have some, some controversy off top, but that, that wasn't the case at all. That's that's never what I'm thinking, man. That's not how I rock. All right, let's go ahead and keep it moving, man. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. As soon as you come in, please make sure you go ahead and smash that like button. Don't wait. Don't hold on. Just go ahead and smash it as soon as you walk in. If you're in the comment section, go ahead and uh, hit that like button as well. I don't even care if you give me a thumbs down. Just go ahead and hit whatever you feel like hitting, all right? Also, please make sure you subscribe to the network if you're watching us on facebook which is great i appreciate it i see a lot of people who are watching us on facebook but go over to the youtube page and go ahead and click subscribe and also turn on notifications also please make sure you follow us on spotify just in case you missed on any of the past conversations or tonight's conversation which will be uploaded on tomorrow all right let's keep it moving next topic um you know, I, I I continue to look around this this thing we call band directing, uh, and especially kind of you know in, in in the HBCU realm and looking at young folks now, like the young kids and what they're more or less uh, gravitating to. So, next question on the floor: Is this a young man's game? Is this a young man's game? All right, uh, Quan. Uh, I, it it's it's starting to become that. Um, of course, like I think when we marched, you know, those seats really real talk was coveted and they were vital. Like you know, most of them people had to die in their seat or either be forced out because they just were so old. Um, but I think it's starting to become a young man's game. I think because attaining a master degree is more prevalent now than prior to, uh, as well as those terminal degrees as well. Uh, I, outside of, I think, Brian Simmons, there are not that many young, you know, directors. Most of them are middle, middle age and, and upper. Um, young man's game, I, I think we have uh, more opportunities specifically for that associate directors and assistant director seat. Um, I, I would say yes. Chief, is this a young man's game? Um, yeah. Yes, it is. And I'm going to say why. Um, it's a couple of reasons. Uh, um, that's what the whole conversation was about the um, mass bands. That's a young man's game. That is literally, I feel like that's a New York hip-hop versus trap music. That's I literally akin that to the same exact thing. In 2002, three, whatever, when Lil John came out, all the hip hop purists was like, this is trash. That ain't real hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And they like, what? You know what I mean? The youth got something to say that the South is doing this. All these young guys coming in, doing their own thing, had their own flavor. And um, 
it became kind of like this uh this battle but i felt like um as of now i think we've started to blend a lot so much so that you don't even know you know where people are from half the time because everybody sounds similar i think um the problem with it being a young man's game is that the issue that I have is um, the fact that people don't show respect for things that came before them. So we think that showing respect sometimes for the things that came before you means duplicating them. That's why you hear all these songs are sampled from the old songs and everything is like, oh, we feel like even we were just talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air situation, right? Right. We think that showing respect is, is duplicating, but showing respect is not duplicating. It's saying I may have taken uh, some of your ideas and, you know, like I always said this, if I want to be inspired like my people who came before me, I'm going to find out what inspired them rather than trying to just go from them on forward because then I would just duplicate whatever they did. So um, finding out a way to balance the two is going to be important for the craft to move forward. We had a whole conversation about this recently about how you look at clips from bands in the 1970s and look at them in 2020 and they look the same. You know what I'm saying? Format looked the same. Staying things look the same. There's only a few pr programs, uh, shout out to A&T, that actually have changed the way they look. The most programs don't look the same. I mean, most programs look the same from when they, you know, years ago. So that's the old man influence, but the young person trying to show respect, but still afraid to really push the envelope. There is going to be this, um, I think there's a lot of good things that can come from the newness of, of band culture. And that's going to come from not being afraid to get ish talked about you and, and maybe not be as popular at first, but also p learning your history. So something that um, Sean was talking about, you got to learn your history. So if you learn your history, then you understand um, what you're dealing with. I feel like you can really have everything in the same place. So that's kind of my longer answer to it. But yeah, I think, um, I think it is a young man's game um, when it comes to the pure culture of it. Um, the old school culture is um, is what we're sitting here complaining about every show. The sameness of band. Sip, but, All right, Sean. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Quan. You got it. But I was about to say, but many many people think we're hating though, and I, and I and I and I guess sometimes you you really got to listen to what we're saying. We're not hating on anybody. What we're, exactly. What we're literally <laughs> saying is just. What's the next thing? We're we're literally honestly brainstorming, saying, "What's the next thing?" That's 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 literally all we're all we're saying. But I think, and I'm young. Let's be clear. I'm thirty something, so I'm 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 a part of that young group. I'm still young. So what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, the reality is though, a little bit. <laughs> but but young, what's young ish? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. But what's messed up about that is, in my my honest opinion, the only thing is. It's hard to take corrective criticism. It's hard to take, and it's not out of spite. It's not out of I'm hating on you. Is I want to see you win, but any comment that is contrary to what your thought is is like nah, he hating, and it's like nah, fam. I, I I don't even if you make it palatable and present it, it's still hating. So, <laughs> like the comment just now, he said some of them straight up hating. They do be hating. Yeah, some of them do be hating. But some okay. Some of them Okay, so so, <laughs> so, so, so the ones that, yeah, some of them, but the ones that's hating, ask yourself, how did he approach me? Was it was he being critical where he didn't tell me anything was good? See, like sometimes you gotta mature and 
learn what corrective criticism is. If I'm just telling you was bad, was bad, was bad. But if I'm telling you grows and glows that I'm not hating on you, I'm telling you this is where you can grow. But this is what you're doing. Superb. That's not hating, bro. We got to get out. Some of us got to get out of our feelings, period. That's all I'm saying. Um, To kind of just go off of what you just said, Quan, I was watching a, a podcast not too long ago and a young dude came in and said the same thing. Um, well, it was a, it was a debate between an older, an older cat and a younger dude. And it was just kind of like the younger dude was like, I don't like how, how people, how older guys come at it because it becomes dismissive. You see what I'm saying? It's like, I don't care what you talking about, young fella. I, I know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, and then some, some of them actually, some old dudes do come at people like that. So it can be a little bit of both. You know, but yeah, Julian, but you, that happens on both sides. Yeah, I about to say, Mario, you took the words out of my mouth. I think <laughs> it's, I think it's literally both sides. Like Julian, I know were well, you about to call on Sean because I wanted to bring something up, but yeah, uh, but no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, cook, man. Cool, because I, I think Mario, you hit it on the head. Yes, we can be some disrespectful people when it comes to the way. And I'm not talking about me because I'm always up to help, but I can, I know I got my moments too. You disrespectful, you know. But we all, as older people, have to understand that all people that we're teaching aren't the same. There are some, some, some students that are absolutely interested in what we have to offer. There are always going to be students that aren't. And I think that your job is not to persuade your students to believe what you believe. Your job is to persuade your students that there are multiple ways of getting to, the, you know, to great results and teaching them how to do that. And that's my biggest problem with a lot of these arguments that we have is everybody wants everything to be the same way. You know, like it's like that, that, that um, I can't remember what album that was, but it was a clip from the wire. You want things to be one way. You want it to be one way. He kept saying, stop saying that, but it's the other way. Like it was like that type of thing, man. Like do what I tell you to do because I, I think it's popular. I think it's a perfect segue into talking about like Mario bought it up and I'm going to bring it up again. That man right there beside me, Gary, and to me is leading innovation in, in HBCU band culture. Mario Gary is the drill writer for North Carolina A&T. Oh, I and know. Oh, I know. I've been meaning to catch some of his, uh, his little, uh, I mean, some of the, some of the, um, shows that he was putting on this those uh conversations right but mario y'all everybody on this show that watches our show know how to speak about gary but you look at mario you bought it up every band looks the same when it comes to format when it comes to the actual style and the bands that try to do things different get criticized for whatever reason oh that line is not absolutely perfect so it sucks you know they don't have the leeway to grow and 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 learn it, the craft that they're trying to do while also advancing the culture. We must do it the same way and it must be perfect right now. Otherwise it's not. So when I think about that, you know, Gary, you know, from him incorporating some of the core style things in with AT to them actually marching with Barry and marching style, it's refreshing. I wish we everybody knows I wish we could get rid of these dance routines sometimes, but you know, I don't want people to lose their job doing so. Bruh. But <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, there are bands that are that are trying to do it. To answer the question, is it a young man's game? 
I don't think it's a young man's game. I think it's a informed man's game. You have to always be growing. You have to be going to conferences. You have to be watching shows of people that are doing different things. You have to incorporate strategies from other groups. It's not a young man's game. Mr. Melvin Miles from Morgan was there for, what, 50 years, you know, at a high level. You know, people that have been in these schools, Dr. Sanford was in the game forever. Mr. Adam, all these people were in the game forever. Mr. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's Dr. Sergeant or Lynn, but Lindsay Sergeant from Fam is still doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, know your history, like we said in the last segment, but also be willing to sit down at the feet of these goats and say, okay, teach me. So, you know, I, I, I think that it's what Mario said. I think it's both sides. We have to be willing to impart the knowledge that we have to other people. And then those people have to understand that nothing comes free in this life. Sometimes you're going to have to get cussed out. Sometimes you're going to have to study all night to learn what Mr. Adam knows about a ranger. I'm not about to go to Mr. Adams and say, give me everything you know. Because, that, A, he ain't going to do that. He probably cuss you out. But, B, you know, there's it's a process. So, no, it's not a young man's game, but it, it's an informed man's game. So, yeah. All right. Sean, is this a young man's game? Um, You know what? I'm going to speak from both sides, um, uh, band and dance. Um, But I'm, I'll try my best not to repeat. All the stuff that, that others have said, that others have said. Hey, Maya. <laughs> um, Hi. But one of the things, uh, what I, I would say, yes and no. It 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 is a youthful thought. It is being in touch with what is current and what and and what is hip. But understand that not all good change, not all change is good change. Um, I, I've I've seen bands who have gone out there and tried some stuff that they thought was just, oh yeah, this is what the young people like, and it just flat out failed. Um, you know, people couldn't grasp the concept. And so you can't just go out there just throwing everything out there that you think is young and hip and, you know, that young directors would would wanna do or that you think your students wanna do because it's not gonna always, it's not gonna always catch. But one thing that I think young directors aren't always equipped for, and that is dealing with administrations at universities, at HBCUs in particular. And, and so they trip and they fall. They come in and, and they just think, oh, you know, I can just do this and do that. We're going to do this and that. And, and, and then next thing you know, you, you've done something that's got you sitting in the president's office. So, um, you know, you, there, there's a certain amount of maturity that comes with that. Now, it doesn't mean to say that a young man can't learn that, but you have to be open to it. You have to be willing to learn that because you ain't gonna have that job very long if 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 you don't. And then I think you guys have all touched on the whole situation. Like, you know, alumni expects a certain thing. They they just do. And and you know that that's why you know, at our bigger games where we know it's going to be large numbers of alumni in attendance, we do the traditional stuff. We might dibble in, in some, some other things at other games where we know that most of the students are going to be there. So I, I think you have to be flexible in how you plan your shows. 
Um, as far as on the dance side, um, oh, you, you know, I've just been sitting back watching some things going on in HBCU dance with some of the new coaches, the the younger coaches, and I, and I, you know, I, I don't know what to say. Sometimes I'm speechless, and and like I said, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. That all all change is not good change. Um. So I think you have to find the balance. I do believe, and anybody who knows Tim knows that he tries to stay on top of things with technology, the use of technology in, in creating shows and writing music, um, in learning music. And, and he's always trying to, uh, you know, stay on top of it, stay fresh. But he, he's not a young man, but he's young at heart and he understands what makes a good show. So we we need directors. That's a director we need. Now, whether he's young, middle-aged, old, who cares? All right. Bet. Gary, is this a young man's game? I think it's a smart man's game. Um, not necessarily with old or young, because, you know, some young people don't have it. Some old people have lost it. Why you still have some old people who keep younger folks around them to keep them in the know of what doing. Like you have some older directors that they gonna keep some younger people around or they start, you look at their staffs. I mean, even look at like FAMU. You know, they're one team that kind of stay true to their people that they rotate like in and out. But when you look at their staff now, like, you know, Rick just like mentioned like Lindsay Sargent like all of those people, then you start looking at the staff, like you have like directors and the older people that's still there, but it's a lot of younger people that were like marching, like we march now that's like directors as well, that's in those suits. So, I mean, they keep those younger people around and they're moving forward. Like, but then you have, you have some like older people. Uh, and I, I mean, I kind of see it like with the conversations where y'all were going back to like how, like the older directors could come at the younger ones, but then I see the disrespect from the young. So it's just, I, I just call it wise and smart and like really knowing like how to stay current in it, because I see young people that don't even know how to stay current. So it's, it's just really about being wise and being smart on your job. And but Gary, can you talk, can you talk about like, like you, you know, like, can you th- talk about your process, man? Like the direction you're trying to take, your you know your band in visually and you know how you feel about just in general the visual aspect well you know visually in our world is very stale um stale you know you got people who are really like pushing 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 like even our push it was it wasn't an overnight thing it was a gradual thing it it, it started started over time. You know, we had a set way that our halftime shows used to be. And then Dr. Ruff became our band director and he wanted more halftime. What a lot of people don't know is Dr. Ruff is very visionary. Like a lot of the change that started happening visually, you know, comes from him. He's a very visual person. I, Gary Marquise Bryant, the drill designer, cannot be half of what I am without Dr. Kenneth G. Ruff because that's like the man that really moves my dots even when I'm thinking it's Kremlin stuff. Like, he'll sit there and he knows it. Like, we really work hand in hand with what we do. But it's it's been a, like, it's been a struggle. Because, I mean, like, you look, and even, like, with the stuff we do, 
I always see people and they'll say, oh, y'all doing this and y'all doing that. But then you start seeing people and they're doing this and they're doing that. So it's like, oh, y'all trying to be this, you're trying to be that. I just really want to move forward. And in moving forward, you know, we've done everything that you could do, like not as what you could do right now, but I'm just talking about like in the past, like with Patterns of Motion. We used to be a Patterns of Motion band too. Everybody was a Patterns of Motion band at some point in time. Everybody had the books. You know, if it was HBCU, you were using, you were doing some type of something out of that, some derivative. So I have the videos. I mean, even I have even did step two drills with them as the drill designer, being the drill designer. You know, I've been the drill designer now going into my 18th season, not consecutively, because we've had other people who have pushed us in that way. Like I couldn't be remiss for, you know, Dr. Thomas Jones pushing. He was a person. Now people think about him as the arranger that came in, but he was also the drill designer as well. People don't pay attention to that. He did drills for those shows. Dr. Ruff, like same people. So like with that, and I just really took what Dr. Ruff did, uh, the time period that Dr. Jones was in and doing what he was doing. And just kind of, it's my recipe now of where do we push that and where do we, we mix it? Because the thing was, when you start toying with concepts and ideas, you can't really drop them because now you don't push that limit. So it's like, if you just stop doing it, um, what, what are you going to do to, uh, to keep pushing? And so like my thing, especially like in 2021, I told the kids, I was like, I know we're in a pandemic and we haven't did a show since Honda 2020 was like the last time we had stepped on the field. And I was like, I know we're in a pandemic, it's a lot going on. I said, I'm not going to dumb down what we're doing drill-wise because we're in a pandemic. We're already out here. We're, we're practicing, so we need to get it done. And my motto this season was just, like, put it on paper and make it happen. That, I mean, I don't, you know, it, it's what I, I test the ability of the kids. Like, I look, okay, you can run and you can move this fast, like, far, like, over here. Well, let's start trying it. And so a lot of concepts just really start breathing just based off the ability of, uh, ability of the kids. You know, we have a lot of kids, yes, that come from traditional programs, but we have a lot of kids that come from core style programs too. So when it comes down and I pull like, you know, power is something that we use, drill charts, like those kids are, they know how, like when I go off the grid, traditional one, three, five, seven, like slants, and I start going and doing other things, those kids can go do, 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 plot that stuff right out. Like learning drill, it's like really like building a system and having a system. Uh, but to go back as far as other people innovation, there's a lot of people like when I look at drill outside of like you have certain groups like this year, like when I look at FAMU, FAMU, you know, they've always been like animation. They still do that. But now when you look at that animation, there's more clarity to it. Not to say that there was no clarity before, but I look at the form now and their drill designer is my age. Um, Dante Douglas, who's the assistant banner at LSU, he's the drill designer. So his big thing now is finding finding form and getting there. And if we want to say, is this a young man's game? A lot of the drill designers now that are starting to design for your HBC, your programs are young. So we're being, we're being put into that because some directors are like, well, I'm tired of doing this. I need something new. What are y'all going to come with? And so that's like, even with Dr. Ruff, people are like, all right, what you got? Let's push it. Let's keep pushing it. Like, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do next? And I just, I just like to stay ahead of the curve. Okay. Without rambling. <laughs> no, I mean you, you 
you definitely gave a, a perspective that I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of us or just a lot of people out there listening and watching probably didn't even know, probably weren't even thinking about. So uh, definitely appreciate that insight. Um, any final thoughts on uh, this final topic? Is this a young man's game? I think another reason why it could be considered a young man's game, and we didn't talk about it, but I don't want to. I don't want to restart the conversation. I know we need to move on. <laughs> in, a, in a way, it is a young person's game. Why? Young people don't care about field shows anymore, y'all. If it ain't about that's them, exactly they, why I said it, bro. That's yep. why I said it. They don't. You can't. I'm sorry. Okay. They have whoa, four. Whoa, whoa, they have like, whoa, whoa, listen, pause, 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 Julian, pause. Please no, let no, me say I got this you. Quick. I got you. Quick, I got you. Quick. Just trust me. Trust me, bro. Trust it's me. Real quick, bro. I know, but just trust me, bro. Just trust me. Trust me. Trust your boy. Trust your boy. Trust then your boy. I'm forget it. I'm gonna forget it. It's over. Just, just remember it. Just remember it. Just remember it, dog. I just remember it. It's gone. Write it, Write it down. Write it down. Right. Just remember <laughs> it, bro. Look, he got a whole note card. All right, here we go. Let me keep it moving. Welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Please just trust me. When you come in, go ahead and click that like button. And also, please make sure you subscribe to the network. All right? Please make sure you subscribe to the network and go ahead and turn on notifications, man. This is the reason why I told you to hold on. Because the next topic, should we go back to focusing on drill? Hell yeah. Go, Chief. Thank you. That's all. I just wanted to get it into the next topic. You this were going right a, into the topic, bro. It's This is not. That's what I was. This is not <laughs> Yes, that. it was. It was. You just this was No, ahead, listen. Listen, this was like, this go is ahead. a connection to what Rick was talking about. The reason, I mean, obviously, when you say the question that you prefaced before was, is a young man's game. What I am saying is that we have so many public school programs, college programs struggling with numbers. You have community bands with 40 mellophones. I don't care what we say. And if you think it's bougie or what, I don't care what we say. The kids are out there playing instruments, but they're playing it in spaces they, they want to play in. Regardless of what you say. I mean, it may not be what you like or whatever, but people are showing up. I was talking to somebody about New Orleans um, All-Star Band. They're going to have like 400 and something this year. 400 and some people? 400 and some people. Tell me what college, what black college bands are that big? We can't even find the people to put in the seats in the band rooms in these universities. And these kids, and some of these kids are getting paid to go to these programs. You got people just showing up on the strength. I just, I just want to play. So I guess- Well, some of, them, some, of them, some of them kids are also 40. No, you know, I'm not. So. I'm, I, no, listen. <laughs> not, no, listen. I'm, I don't disagree with that. But it's, it's not- the ratio to 40 year olds to people who are in their twenties or, you know, like younger people playing in those bands, it's not, that's not a large ratio. So I, I'm to answer the question we're talking about, should we go back to focusing on drill? Um, that's like, I feel like I keep, you know, comparing it to rap. Should we go back and focus on lyrics? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. Cause this, you gotta have something to say. Right. But that doesn't mean that you have to be totally disconnected to what people are interested in now. Because every generation does this, bro. Every generation does this where there's something that comes out or something that happens within an entity that everybody loves. And then it's, it's a change and shift compared to what it was, once was, or what people liked it to be. And then now we're like, 
uh, you know, then it becomes a standoff. I said sometimes embracing things that are different and trying to find ways to incorporate both aspects is the way to get things, you know, moving forward. You 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 can't you can move the culture forward, but you got to move it forward with people. Who are you gonna move it forward with if you keep going against the grain, trying to fight against all the young people and the stuff they want to do? That's just you can do it if you want, but then you're gonna continue to have the problems like many of these HBCU bands that can't get the numbers. The 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 I don't know what's left of the MEAC is struggling because of some of these things. They're struggling because of some of these things. They can't get bodies in the seats. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I mean, some kids don't want to go to these schools. Some kids don't want to march. Some kids, whatever. I, is there a personal disagreement with this? Do I feel conflicted by all of this information? Do I feel as a music educator that this is not necessarily the way it should be and all those type of things? I learned in an old school mindset from old school band directors who was like, you do what I tell you to do. And da, da, da. Yeah, that's like my personal feelings. But then there's another reality and it's showing itself apparent. Um, and I am just trying to find ways to balance it out. And as a person who is struggling with a public school program, trying to find people to put in the seats to even listen to the things that I'm saying, you can say what you want, but you are not a band director without a band. You got to have people in the seats. You got to be teaching somebody. So um, there needs to be balance, man. So, yeah, I want to focus on drill. and We should go back to focusing on drill, but in a new way that gets people excited about where where this can go. Because if you go back to what we've been doing for the last 40 years and that even we were complaining about on previous shows, then you're not going to get, I mean, what do you expect? You want them to get excited about shit you're not excited about? I'm having a hard time conceptualizing what is, uh, say, drill. Let's say drill. What, mm -hmm. And what's new about drill? Um, I mean, I know we can, you know, we can do animation, we can do rotating pictures, we can do Moffat, we can do, you know, we can do all those things. But what about drill is going to make a young person that's trying to consider or determine what HBCU band they're going to go to is going to make them go, yeah. Right. I don't even know. You know what I, mean? right? I, can't. I don't know. To me, to me, these kids are not going to the band because they want to blow that hole and they know that right. their band doesn't do that. And <laughs> and and so and, and that's what that's what it is. But so this we're kind of tiptoeing in between the two questions, the last question and this question. Yeah. But I, I'm still trying to conceptualize. Now, you know, I I, I think that ev in everything, I'm a I'm a computer science graduate. And one of my first classes was punch cards. We had to do the punch cards and you put it in the machine and, and the machine goes and it spits out some stuff, right? You have to know your history. You, yeah, um, Rick, there's, there's history, music history. There's appreciation of music, right? So it like, if we, so if we don't, we don't know our history, then how can we build something new and exciting? We can't, because it, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be like blah. Right. If you push too hard, you're gonna have to deal with the mental health problem too. Mental health. What do you do? No, I'm saying like with the kids that we teach nowadays, if you push too hard with them, they don't deal with pressure the same way as older generations did. Right. And so you say we want to do something innovative. I and they're agree. like, well, I have classwork. 
I have I have this. I have I'm like, bro, every college kid has classwork. I'm like, but that becomes a thing. Yeah. It's it's starting to be a larger part of our culture um, that we didn't talk about before, mental health and the black community. So that's a whole nother conversation. I won't go there, but I'll just I'm yeah. just gonna add that insert. Yeah. All right. Yeah, see, told you, Chief. I told you, bro. I, I, Man, I, told I, wove, you it that I wove it together, it all, bro. I wove it together. It, but <laughs> I, I, it was all, it was already there, bro. I, you just, you know, you just kept it going. I just wanted to make sure the topic was scrolling down the bottom, all right? Uh, Maya, should we go back to focusing on drill? I don't know what the answer is, right? I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know if anybody knows what the answer is because, sure, I can say, okay, yeah, let's go back to drill. Let's go back to the fundamentals. But again, like Michonne said, I don't think drilling is the reason why people are like, yes, I choose PV over seven or I choose this school over this school. It's really more so of the, the aesthetic. It's really more so of how loud who's playing, who's playing the, the, the most intricate or or the most known and entertaining songs, who's doing the coolest band dances, who is um, playing halftime for this NFL uh, person, who gets the, the most showmanship and, and, and is being able to be portrayed in the best light. That's what people are after. So yeah, we can say, we can focus on the drill, but then what? Everybody's all bored. Now you had it's 2013 and PV all over again. Motherfuckers uh, leaving because we didn't got blowed on and playing proud family and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo. Okay, like, yeah, we say, yes, let's implement what's needed. But then again, when we get down to the show, when we get to Labor Day Classic or what happens, and everybody's just like, okay, what's the next band gonna bring? It's it's a it, it, we're back in that negative cycle. So sure, I, do I agree with the fact of going back to to fundamentals and things of that nature? Sure, but do I think that's going to work in this day and age? Not really sure of how how to implement or to create a synergy of mixing the old and the new and making it palatable for the persons who 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 are going to counter or not necessarily counteract, but those are who are going to display the visions in which we see. I don't know. And that's why I'm not in nobody's uh, program on nobody's staff because I don't know the answer to that at this time when it comes to band or even, I mean, even, well, with dancers and auxiliary, I think it's a little bit easier, but there's still a uphill battle regardless. And that's just the day and age where we're at. The tradition or not tradition, the transition of generations has really just kind of made for an uphill battle on all sides. So I mean, yeah, we can focus on the drill, but then what? Hey, y'all. I know I was late, but I'm here now. I just want to, I just want to say that that proud family and just that year was just, it was a good year. Was it? The the sarcasm. It was a transitional was. year. Yes, it was. It was a year of implementation. It was a heart year. There we go. It was a heart year. It was. It was a heart. Oh, year. you had to have a whole lot of heart. You had to have a whole lot of heart for that year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick. Should we go back to focusing on drill? I don't know if it should be the focus, but I think we need to change the mindset and the calculus around what drill is. I think in an HBCU band, 
we don't look at drill being a performative aspect of what we do. We look at it as being something we just do with a song up and down the field because we're supposed to. I'm going to give you a couple of shows for our audience that I think you guys should go look at. If you want to see how drill can absolutely enhance a show or performance can absolutely enhance the show, go look at either Cavaliers, the Cavaliers from Rosemont, Illinois, 2002 or 2006. 2002 was their framework show. It was all original music. Nobody had ever heard it before. And they whipped everybody. Got the highest score ever at the time. They did Machine. They did all these things drill-wise and, and musically in 06 that enhanced that theme of Machine. Go look at Phantom Regiment 08. You know, all these bands. Go look at North Carolina A&T, the year they did the Madison Scouts uh, Straight Line. That uh, Straight Line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go look at that. Look at the audience when they did that. It can be done. The problem is, is our audience is wore the hell out with seeing people bounce off a line every damn show playing a popular song. That is the problem. It's not. Yeah, I agree with Sean. I don't think that there is a drill in the world that's going to make that the main focus for, you know, especially our younger audience, but in general. But the thing we're missing here is that y'all. The whole battling in the stands thing, that's for band people. Uh, um, alumni donating a million dollars that comes to the game to see the football team. His his band experience is feel, is halftime. Those old people not staying afterwards to, to hear who got who won the fifth quarter. The people that actually make it things is, happen. Right. The people that actually make these schools move with money, those people see the band at halftime. So, hell yeah, you need to make sure – that the halftime is at a level to where people that actually keep you in a job because they keep the doors open at your schools are satisfied with the product that they see on the field. Yes, some of them may be a band alumni, but they ain't staying for no fifth quarter, especially I, I know I, I barely do it anymore. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's part of it. But I think at the end of the day, if and this is something that's happened over years, this is, didn't just happen overnight. This was years and years of the same stuff. I've heard of people, I don't know if this is true or not, I've heard of bands that literally have the, the field shows spray-painted on the ground. So all you got to do is just come in, learn it, and go. You know, like, how does that, how does that pursue innovation? What in that says, I'm trying to move the culture forward, like all these people keep telling us over and over? Yeah, there's only, like we say, there's only so much you can do with a drill. There's only so much you can do with an arrangement. Like, how many times do you want to hear a baritone playing cross-voicing in the mellophone voice? Yeah, you have the right to write whatever you want. I don't care. Go do whatever you want. But how many times can you hear a, a, bell, a baritone playing a high C or a D and say, oh, my God, that is so exciting? Like, I, 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 it's, it's baffling to me. So, yeah, I think that I don't think that there is a, a course of action that will make people care about drill again. But I think that drills are important. And I think if we think about them being more an aspect of the show as far as the performance itself, rather than just something we know we're supposed to do, I think that that will open up a space for more innovation and people to do different things. Go check those shows out if you don't believe me. Like drill can really be a, a a great asset to a good show, so yeah. 
right. Gary, should we go back to focusing on drill? I mean, I kind of agree with what has been said, but the thing about it is, you know, just like you pay attention to the stands and you do all of that, you still got to entertain and you still have to perform at halftime. And I mean, I saw bands this season that didn't move at all, you know, went out, might have did two pitchers. If that, you know, we marked time 128 and then we moved to something, we marked, marked, marked time 128 and we blamed it on COVID. Um, we just, we just got to do more. And um, people have to start shaping their, their shows more musically. They, they work more hand in hand. It's, it's, it's the thing of shaping moments. And that's something that we don't do. And so when you don't shape those moments, you don't really have those exciting moments. Like Rick said, you know, like there's moments that you think about. Like when you think about like, I can even go back to think like Norfolk front sideline and boom, y'all play the opening intro to do red and yellow cabriolet. Like on the front sideline that got people up because that was already like an entrance. Like, okay, that's in your face. You think about like, all the things that these bands do to like get people out of their seat. But for how many times are you going to keep going back to that to get out of the seat and not do something new? Um, you just have to, I don't know. I, I, I don't like repeating stuff a lot. Even if I repeat stuff or I use formations that I've used before, I get to it a totally different way than I did the previous time. Like I'm going to find some way, some type of way to just get to it. So I just feel like the focus doesn't necessarily have to go back to drilling. It's just the focus needs to go back to doing a good show, which I feel like a lot of times people don't even care about putting together a good show. They're just like, oh, well, let's put these songs together and we're going let's, let's wiggle and let's do that. I mean, because there are some groups that even do the patterns of motion and stuff that they're very entertaining with it because they know how to put all of that stuff together because all of that stuff is block 816. 32s and so people like who write their music know how to shape and phrase and move it like one band that i mean yeah southern is a master at doing patterns of motion and when they do patterns of motion it's phrased to the music there's never going to be no time where they're like oh well let's scramble around here and find the music it's going to fit exactly why unless they're doing some transition like that a, a football game or something like that and they had to transition transition and do something different but you're gonna you're gonna have that musical like step two from them. You like, but I've seen some groups who do patterns of motion and they ran out of songs, but still had drill going on, and they were doing taps or like a drum cadence to finish it out. And I'm just like, did you not sit down and and, and, and think about that? So um, it, it's it's just I feel like in 2022 we got to find new and exciting ways just to present halftime in general, and that's more than just just the drill. That's even down to dance routines, and I can't stand dance routines. I hate them. You know how much gushing and humping and pumping and splitting and TikTok dancing and all of that that you're going to do. Like, I, I just, yeah. So, I mean, of course, as a drill writer, I say, yes, we should go, uh, we should be focusing on drill, but as a band, when did you stop focusing on it? That's something that you're doing anyway. So, that question is just funny in itself about focusing on drill because yes, yeah, some people don't focus on it. And then some people focus on it and that's, that's their whole focus. I feel like it's also a give and take thing, even like with kids, you know, 
they'll look at it and be like, oh, we're putting all this time into our show, but we need to go stand, 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 stand. But, you know, it's all in preparation, too. How do you prepare a band camp with your marching technique, your basics and stuff like that? Because if you taught everything you need to know at band camp, it doesn't take long to roll a show out. It doesn't. So that's just my take on it. Okay. Quan, should we go back to focusing on drill? Absolutely. Uh, but my question is why we can't have both, bro? Like, like just being like, why, why we can't have both? Why can't you have a book that, that, you know, that is adequate? I agree. And why you can't have a, a like in the words of profit was a kick-ass field show. Like why you can't have both? I mean, like not, not being ugly when I became excited about band, not being ugly, my, my first Bayou Classic when I was younger and I saw Southern hit those lines at that time and they did their drill. Like, I was like, damn, look at the preparation it took for this, you know, to um, to do this drill. When I saw other schools and I was like, damn, like, look at the preparation for the drill. Like when we kind of marched, I think it was the last era truly of band directors focusing on the field show so much to where it was like you knew who won after the field show. That's 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 my opinion. I felt like you really knew who won after the field show and the stands was cool, but it was like, if you won on the field show, you really kind of like, and my, my mentality was you, you won the game because you, you're prepping for like, think about it. We're, we're practicing all these hours for a seven minute show and you only have one opportunity to do it. So, I mean, what matters the most? Yeah. I mean, of course you're going to play your, you know, 10 or 11 songs in the stands that you're going to perfect and get better throughout the year. But that field show, you get one opportunity, you get one aspect of it, and you're presenting it to the uh to the to that crowd that honestly at that time may not have had camcorders to record it. And I think that's another thing as well that may be driving and Brian, you may speak on this and uh more uh in depth on this because of YouTube, I think a lot of drill riders are spinning their their wheels on how to be uh, more innovative because you, as soon as we finish the show, it's already uploaded. I only could possibly could perform the show possibly two times before I have to change it. So I, I, I think that is something that we have to focus on too, but I love, I love drills. I watch drills just because maybe I'm that, that band nerd because I want to, you know, at, when I get to that level, I want to be innovative. I want to be different. You know, I want to you bougie. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Peasants, you know, never know. You know, <laughs> you know, when I get to that level and when God said the same, I want to merge these different cultures and, and, and genres of marching band together to where I'm always keep you on your toes. And I, and I think we can have both. That's just my opinion. We can have both. One doesn't have to sacrifice another. All right. Any final thoughts on this topic before we move? Oh, go ahead, Rick. As a group, let's not like people try to act all like they don't care about drill. Let's not act like the reason why people um, know who Ohio State is is not because of drill. Like we would, nobody's going online saying, "Hey, man, I, man, you heard what Ohio State sound like?" <laughs> like? I've never heard that before. And usually, when I do, it's like, "Hey, bro, you heard what Ohio State sound like?" You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day. 
they're one of the best drilling bands in the world. Forget the country, you know, and that just comes from putting some effort into it. Actually sitting down at a table like we used to do all the time. You know, I tell the story, Julian's told it before too. That last that first Honda that we did at PV, we had a completely different show before than the one that we actually did at um Honda. But you know, you know, just putting together things, we came up with a great show. So I think at the end of the day, y'all, to wrap it up. Drilling is important. It's a part of, it's just as much a part of band culture as cross-voicing in the baritones and horns. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, let's, let's keep, uh, let's make drills great again. Copyright that. Copyright that. Let's make drills great again. My brain was already moving, but go ahead, Maya. So, okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate, I guess, just a little bit, but walk with me, right? So drill is important, yes. Okay, sure, but why? Why is it important? So yes, we come, I come, y'all come, we come from a different time, back and back and back. But I think like right now, why why is it important? And how do you display that to the kids of today? Like we can all agree that we need to start focusing on the drill, but how are we going to do that? How are you going to get your students to implement or become one with that same vision? Like, aside from just saying, yeah, it's just something that we know that we're supposed to do. We know that it's something that is a part of the culture. Okay. So we say that, but they don't really care about that. So it's like, how do you reinstate? How do you re-inspire the appreciation and need for proper drilling? Like, I think that is the the question or how we need to transition into the question, because that those are the, the, the steps of action that are going to get us to what the next thing is like, yeah, we can say, okay, sure. We need to figure out a new way to present the drill, but the people that's doing it, if they just doing step to step, well, you know, I'm just like, I'm not really feeling, or I don't really care. It doesn't matter. You can have the greatest show, but without the power, without the vision, without the, the, the sense of, of pride doing it, nope, nobody gives a damn. And it's but not the, going the to problem is Maya, is that your statement implies that the two are separate. I think what that's what a couple of people, the statement you just made may, implies that the two are separate from one another. I think a lot of people are saying they shouldn't be. I think Gary see. said it. Yeah, Gary said it best. When designing a show, do it in a way where everything is incorporated into one another. I know I want to play Never Too Much by Luther Vandross. So my impact moment will be Never Too Much, Never Too Much. And you know the crowd is going to sing there. So do something visually. Boom, boom. Boom, like to match that, like incorporate the drill into the design of the music. That's first. And then the second part of that is at the end of the day, it goes back to what Sean was saying. And that's a lack of history, because at the end of the day, the only reason why bands are even at the football game is to support the football team. But it always becomes about the band, which is a great thing. You know, I'm a musician. I love what I do as a musician at the football game. It ain't about me. And I think so many bands lose that aspect. The reason why marching bands exist is as spirit teams or pep squads to the football team. The same thing that the cheerleaders are, that's what marching bands are. But we don't know that because only to us, you know, that may either be boring or whatever, like you said. But a lot of it's just being ignorant to our own history and why we even exist in the first place. And Crystal said this like a month ago. Marching bands are expensive. When people start to see, uh, start to lose sight of the importance of what we do, 
it's easy to say I'm cutting that million dollars or whatever your band's budget is out of our school budget. I think they can find a lot of good things to do with some of these bands' budget. So I think this is also a conversation about survival, right? Like we are only in existence at the discretion of the institutions that we exist at. And so, yeah, we can, we, at the end of the day, we need to make what we do important. And yeah, we may not inspire kids to, to love drill again, but at the end of the day, we're there to do a job. And that job is to support the football team. And if, when we stop doing that, we stop existing. Or we start doing those uh, suburb bands that Mario was talking about. They have 600 people in them <laughs> because we have nowhere to play. So I, I think it's two parts to the argument. But I, I'm not trying to invalidate what you're saying. Mario. I'm just saying I don't know if people always know all the information that goes into being a college Mandarin. I mean, I, I'm right there with you. That's why I said I'm playing devil's advocate just, you know, to add a little spice to the conversation. You know, I feel you. I agree. Uh-oh, new one. I uh I have a thought though. Um, so here's my thought, and this is just kind of something that just popped in my head. So let's think about high school bands for a second. High school bands, when they have Battle of the Bands, do they have stand battle of the bands or do they have field battle of the bands? They do both now. I'm about to say I've seen both. Yeah. It's a both, it's yeah, both now. See, that's how that's how much I'll be like, it's I'll definitely be. both. No, they do. If they're on the field, hopefully they're doing a competition, which is different from a battle of the bands. Let's be clear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that. That was that was my point, though. Like most of the time, when even when when I was at the high school level, I distinctly remember when they do battle of the bands, which are the competition versions. Typically, they are doing the competitions via the field show. Now, if they just doing the Battle of the Bands, because like even here in Dallas, they all have the the stand joint, but there is it's not a competition. It's just, you know, people going back and forth. But when they when they giving out trophy daddies, that's when they're actually, you know, doing the field show. So then the question becomes, if that's the case, why is it that once they get to the university, it's not as important? Because obviously it's important enough to do these competitions via the field, which means that somewhere in there, that high school director cares or those students even care about doing that field show. So why does it change at the university level? Well, that that seems like a pretty straightforward answer for me. It's because the focus is different. Competing versus entertaining in a halftime is very different. Like your, your goal is to literally get people out to, you know, seats to have a good time and enjoy themselves while doing it in a way that's also educating them about your craft. So, I mean, that's totally different than going to some of these. I've been, I've actually adjudicated high school competitions that there was no one at, but the bands, no one was there, but the bands. So like, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're doing, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like we just, we like the, the way it sounds is almost like, you got to be the 2003 Spurs or like the, the the Boston Celtics from the 60s and shit. And like the only way you win is with old school defense. Nobody thought the Steph Curry era would work. This is new. These kids want to play. So fi- we have to find a way to, to it, like introduce both of these ideas to make something new. If you don't, you're losing kids. That's what's going to happen. And it's showing itself. 
or you keep forcing down their throat the way you want to do it, yeah, you can do that if you want, but, but let's see how successful that's going to be. If you don't find a way to in, in, uh, in, um, incorporate both aspects of what kids are interested in versus what you want to teach, you're going to lose them. There's more ways it's going to catch. Nobody ever thought you would win a whole damn championship shooting threes all the time. Hey, but I can tell you this, though. With the influence of summer bands, if summer bands went back to doing drills, I think you will see a difference. That would see that's there we go. Now you're talking about that was my that was my point at the end of last show, right? You did. We have all these right we all these influential groups, all these influential band directors, these these mass bands. If if we all can just come to a consensus, this is what's important to band culture. You know, not do it the same way, but just say, hey, this is what we know our kids need to know. Like we're how many kids, I'm going to give you a prime example, y'all, and this will all touch home for us. How many kids do you know now can write in cursive? When we were in school, they used to make us sit there for hours no. and learn how to march in cursive or write in cursive. These kids don't know how to write in cursive. It is a lost art form, calligraphy, all these things. Things die yeah. when they aren't used. So I'm I'm afraid that we're going to lose a part of band culture. It's not going to happen. It might not even happen in my lifetime. Why? Because there are some groups that really focus on drill. You know, I don't know if that'll happen in our lifetime, but my thing is, I'm not talking about them groups. I'm talking about black people. We can sit up here and we can uh, compare ourselves to every group in the world. The fact of the matter is, I want to save our culture, what's important to us. And I think that so often not, it's easy to just capitulate to people to make them happy. But that's why history exists. <laughs> and so you don't, like Sean said, you don't make the same mistakes over. History can be his story if you allow ignorant people that don't know what they're talking about to dictate what we do and in our culture. First thing I said, people that don't even have any like what they call Prof. Jones, swack hours. They don't got no swack hours. No swag hours. Sit up there, right, but gonna sit up there and tell you how to do what you do. Like it, it bothers me. Yes, we need to meet these kids where they are. I, I Mario, you ain't wrong about that. Right. Mario, you're not wrong about that. But as an educator, the other side of me says, while meeting them where they are, I also need to teach them something, even if sometimes they don't want to learn it because it's important and it's going to make them productive people in society. And it's going to make them people that care about black history and things that are going to make black culture better. Sometimes you get like I didn't like taking medicine like Tussin growing up. That stuff tastes terrible, but I knew it would make me feel better. And so I, I, at the end of the day, yes, Mario, your, your argument is absolutely valid. But we can't always just capitulate because they say, oh, this is what makes me happy. Okay, that makes you happy. Then let's also look at this, which is also going to make you better. And that's the part I never hear. How are we going to make them better? We always hear, hear how are we going to make them happy. That's a good thing. That's an important thing in mental health, all that. How are we going to make them better? How are we going to help them grow? So I want to hear just as much of that argument as we need to make the kids feel good. You know, just having just, them, having okay, them, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ha, Go ahead, son. Having them, um, you know, putting them in a position to grow. They don't like that because it, they want stuff like now. This yeah. is the instant gratification age. They want it now. And I, I spoke to several dance educators, white ladies, um, last week, 
who were up in arms and they were in my lecture and they were in our movement workshop because they have young black and Latina girls in their classrooms and they can't figure out how to keep them in the classroom. They're just quitting because they're not interested in learning ballet and technique and jazz and stuff like that. They're not interested in that. They want to do what they see on TV and social media and YouTube and they want to do all the rubbing on themselves and all of that. That's what they want to do. And of course, the white dance educators sitting there like, skirt. So they're at my workshop last week getting my ideas about how can they do the same thing, use the, the, the current style to, to get them. And boy, they're going to be so upset when they learn that they still have to, to learn technique. Like, they're going to be really upset. But if we can get them and, and, and then keep them and, and teach them the basics and teach them the skills that they need, then we might have something. Uh, we might. That's your point, Sean, is actually where I was going. That's what I was about to say is that sometimes my point just I was talking about balance first. First of all, that was like what my points were points were. But also with that is that meeting people where they are is sometimes to find a way to get people in the door and then finding a way to incorporate their interests with the standards that are met or set by your program. Whatever your program direction is, it's going to be what it is. You're going to lose some because of whatever your direction is, no matter what you do. There's going to be kids who don't want to do something because they just don't want to do something. That's just how it is. That's that's people. But I'm talking about if if you, I'm just talking about the evolution of people and the way the world is, you you we have to understand that we're, you can't ask people to be um, to to use typewriters in the age of an iPhone. We have to we got to I'm just saying the process of thought has to be a little bit more involved in terms of. It's just gonna it's gonna take more people to sit down at a table, conversations like this, um, brainstorming and really diving in and being like fearless with the idea that some of this ish that we try may not work, some of it will, but we gotta try it. We have to try it. And that's just got I think that's the only way to find the new. You just gotta keep you gotta you gotta really try. And we're gonna keep trying. Hey, every week we're gonna every two weeks we're trying this new thing and we're going to go for it. I don't know. You know what I mean? And then you'll be like, okay, I, I kind of like that. You sit at the end of the season and say, these are some things that we may want to kind of, you know, invest in and, and go farther with it. And this is an idea we want to kind of explore. And that's how you get a new style and a new direction. It's by sitting down and not being afraid of, of incorporating different things, you know, get them in though. So you can at least have that option. You said a mouthful. I even go to say even more like, we don't, there's a lot of HBCUs, like even for music majors, like you're a band director and you go, like most, about every PWI has a marching band techniques course. You don't have that at HBCUs. You don't have a textbook. Uh, there is no, and if there is, please point it to me, but I have not seen any like written documentation in a book form about drill from a black person since Dr. William P. Foster, and that was in 1967. About traditional, you know what Gary gonna be working on this summer. Gary already working on it. I'm about to say Gary, that's you, brother. (laughs) But um, but I mean that was like then, and that book is still relevant now. I'm looking at it on my shelf. I'm sitting here now looking at a shelf of books full of patterns of motion, Casablanca books, all these books that are from the 40s, 50s, 60s. 
but we don't have nothing at our HBCUs. Like we don't even have that course. Some people do. And like, even like at A&T, we don't have a marching band techniques class. When I was in the what? secondary, no, secondary, we had a secondary methods class. We spent about maybe two class periods on drill. And at the time I was writing drill for the band. My professor, God rest his soul, was like, well, Gary, uh, you're already designing drill for the band. Go ahead and show the students what you're doing. Uh, you're Dr. Day. I'm a student. Like, we don't have nothing. But, I mean, like, it was just no emphasis. And it was probably, like, two classes that we looked in the book, read some stuff. I mean, I showed them how to use power at the time, and that was it. So people graduated. But even these, but even these schools you're talking about, Gary, they're not teaching – these advanced geo writing techniques, they're teaching out those same books. Most of these people that are the names we recognize in the drill writing community learn mm-hmm. from people like Michael Gaines and John Vanderkoff and all these guys that are doing it at the, at the highest level. You know, that's right. who they're learning from. They're not learning it in the classroom. And then those people aren't writing for HBCU. So mm-hmm. we're not getting that cutting edge knowledge. That's why I think what you're talking about, Gary, what you're working on, man. That that can be really important, you know, to help move our culture forward, bro. For real. Last thing for me regarding this topic. Mass bands originally did it. They originally did drills. That's all I'm saying. Don't nobody care about no drill no more, Quan. Drill is the equivalent of Otis. He's still in the right. temptation. He's still in the Anybody. temptations. He still pick up a check. They come ain't nobody come to see him. The drill. Nobody come to see you, Otis. He angry in the corner. God damn. And then you had Maya that looked up her glasses. She was like, I'm still on my devil's advocate. Right. All right, man. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU, band culture, music, music education, and more. As soon as you come in, go ahead and click that like button. Let's go ahead and get these likes up, guys. Remember, I want the likes to match the number of viewers that we have. So go ahead and click the like button. You can click the happy button. You can click the thumbs down. It's all good. But just go ahead and click something. All right. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the network. If you're watching on Facebook, go over to the YouTube page and subscribe to the network. Also, turn on notifications. You can also catch this conversation as well as our, as well as our past conversations on Spotify at Real Talk That Talk. Also, we're getting right into our last topic. Uh, Once we get into that last topic, I'm going to put a link in the chat so that you all can call in with us and have the conversation with us. All right. Here we go. Last uh, topic. Um, Just kind of getting that information and and watching uh, Sean and PV at uh, the Dance Educators um, association really kind of got my brain moving and it made me think should band directors be more involved with auxiliary techniques should band directors be more involved with auxiliary techniques all right <laughs> Maya I guess you start laughing Maya you got it then what, what did I do I ain't even 
never do nothing. You, you hit the laugh. You hit the laugh, Daddy. I was looking right at you. Who said I was laughing at that? The timing was just impeccable. You no, you shouldn't have fifteen other things going on. But anyway, go okay. Ahead. Let me ask. Okay, what what do you mean by that? What I mean is historically, it's been it's been. All right, I'm gonna pick the song. You dance to it. And then there have been times where I, I even even myself, I've witnessed, you know, uh, dancers like, hey, we can't dance to this. Or there are certain things in this song that are uh, in, uh, incapable for us to do. And they be like, I don't care. You just make it work, you know. Um, so just, you know, not even just on the dancer's perspective, even on a, on a twirler's perspective, a flag's perspective, just those things that a lot of band directors are just clueless on. And, you know, so that's where I'm coming from with that. So do I think that they should be more willing to be to acclimate themselves to what is necessary to produce a a good auxiliary program? Is that what we're asking? No, or just even learn basics, like basic dance techniques that will just get them a little bit more uh, acclimated to what happens in the dance community. Or, or something as simple, Maya, as... Band directors stop putting the flags in the back of the field. Actually, incorporate them in the drum line into the drill or something like you know, and, and that too. Yeah, it's a, it's very open. It's very open. The latter, yes, I do agree. I do agree that it should definitely be more comprehensive and just as um, a band director expects for an auxiliary director to have the utmost respect for he or she's program and vision, I think that that should definitely be displayed on the back end as well or directly to the auxiliary. Now, do I think that it's necessary for the band directors to come take a technique class or a little ballet? You know, like, sure, get your hips moving fine, but is it necessary to be able to create the vision? No, I don't think so. Um, But I do think that it should be... Everyone has an expertise for a reason. Everyone is put in a sense of placement and power for a reason. So I think that it is a good discussion or good um, uh, a sense of trust to be able to say, hey, I put this dance director, I put this auxiliary person in this position for a reason. So yes, their, um, their two cents absolutely matters and definitely should have a thumbs up or thumbs down, even when it comes to the field show in general. I mean, I don't think it just it's only limited to block band, the dance routine, uh, you, you know, the ballot for the, the the flags or whatever the case may be. I do think that when it comes to auxiliary, you have a different set of skills that is necessary to be able to capture and create movement and create a different sense of artistry to the overall field show. So yes, um, I think that auxiliaries um, should definitely have a larger placement when it comes to the yays and nays or the vision of the field show or the vision of the program itself um now what what else huh what what else we got <laughs> uh involved with auxiliary techniques is that everything that we hit on i mean pass i'll pass to the next person i'll come back when i think of the next day all right <laughs> quan <laughs> quan should band directors be more involved with auxiliary techniques not the techniques, no, nah, because that's not my ministry. Like sometimes you gotta know you gotta know your lane, bro. <laughs> I'm not about to be you, your feet need to be on relevate. That's not a proper uh nah, I'm not about to be a I, I got you out here. Uh, the reason why my, my dance instructor I agree, Rick. Right? I agree. 
is next to me and I'll be hearing her tell it, put your feet on relevant. That's how I know that term. That's the only reason why. Uh, uh, pirouette, because she yells at him about that too. But nevertheless, I'm going to hire a competent person to do that. And I'm uh, one thing that we have to be mindful of as band directors, you don't ever want to stifle a person's, uh, their creativity as well as hinder them from being them. That's why you hired them. You don't want to micromanage people. But I agree from the sense of how to incorporate them, you know, in regards of staging and on the field with what Maya said. I absolutely agree with that. But outside me saying, man, you know, she ain't do that turn right or such and such. She needs to fix that technique. Nah, that's not my that's not my job to do that. If if it's if it's a part of the vision of the field show, great. But me don't going out there and do it. Nah. Now, you're not about to see Quan one, two, sashay, shay. No, 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 that ain't me, bro. That ain't me. Y'all got it. Hit them shoulders one more time, bro. Go ahead. Hit them shoulders. Yeah, hit that again. Hit that again, Quan. No, don't, don't do, them, don't do uh, them shoulders. I didn't, I didn't see it. Do it again. Do it again. No, 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 That's not your ministry. Exactly. It's not. But that's why I'll call Mike. Hey, Mike. You know what I'm saying? I'll call Mike. Hey, I'm, hey, hit his money, cash app, just do this little camp, whatever. I'm not about to do that. Not me. Oh, no, not me. That's all I'm saying. I I'll wait my turn. You sure? Now, you want to get down to the nitty gritty. Now, do I think that uh, the band members or whomever should um, have a little uh, stretch or, or smiled technique class? Yeah. Because you want to know why little JJ and Big Pokey don't like to do the dance routine? Because their knees be hurting, their hips be hurting from getting up off the ground because they ain't got no sense of flexibility. You stretch that stuff out, maybe you'll be able to move a little bit. Maybe you'll be able to move a little bit more. Maybe you can get from uh, the tap off to uh, the, the, the blow, the sideline blow down without almost passing out if you had a little bit more, you know what I'm saying, flexibility and you exercise yourself a little bit more. Do I think that that's necessary? Yeah. That's because of the MSC. That ain't got nothing to do with this. Baby, that MSC, MSG is everywhere. So it does not. Hey, stop. Hey, 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 now. Hey, now. Hold up. Before we even go any further, Rick, stop putting your, your thumb down, brother. Because me and you had some bomb uh, grilled cheese sandwiches out of that MSC. If the highlight of your cafeteria is a grilled cheese sandwich. Is a grilled cheese sandwich, then you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Ain't nobody in this world got a better cab than Morgan State University. If you don't believe me, go ahead. I don't dis I don't disagree. The highlight you just brought up a grilled cheese sandwich. No, I said no, no culinary art of making that dish. I said you stop putting your thumb down because them grilled cheese sandwiches was hidden. You was in that airtime hitting them grilled cheese sandwiches and them Friday. Because everything else was trash. Yeah, everything else was phony. I ain't gonna lie. But them them Fridays and them grilled cheese was hitting. All right. Julian, uh, I just gotta say omelet station closed, though. Omelet station, station closed. closed. Hey man, dude. <laughs> man, Mr. Net, dog. <laughs> oh no, we talking about chaos, old fat cell. All right, here we go. Uh Sean, Sean, should band directors be more involved with auxiliary techniques? Um, maybe not so much involved, but definitely aware. You know, um, there have been times um when I had to explain things um in regards to, you know, for one, um 
the Foxes dancing so close to the sideline and why that was an issue. Um, you know, so you see now we we dance a little further back in into the band. But those are things that, you know, kind of had to be explained. Um, I think most band directors should uh, be involved in color guard and where they put them on the field and be a little bit more proactive about learning and learning from their their uh you know their color guard director and figuring out you know how those things because it only makes the band better um music uh I've, i i sit and explain sometimes to people what what i hear when they suggest a song to me and i say no that ain't it um, and then, you know, we kind of talk about what a song should have that is going to, you know, make the best feature for the Foxes. So, um, you know, those are the kinds of conversations that we can have and that we can all learn from, you know, but uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm kind of like with Quan, I'm not sure if they want to be all deep in the weeds uh with it but they do need to have an awareness dance and color guard and twirler if they have majorette um but i want to say to what maya was saying uh julian and rick one of my most favorite things to do at norfolk state was to have the drum majors and all the section leaders in my class uh at band camp and have them sitting down stretching and and learning some just some basic dance stuff and so yeah they used to come in and i used to work them out and then uh even at the in the beginning days uh at pv i used to do the same thing but i'm too old i can't get up at 4 a.m no more so uh, i don't do it anymore but um we used to be in that lobby getting in yeah <laughs> yeah I was to, right in that lobby yeah y'all come in right. lobby and yep. then i I just remember Michael Cofield, me trying to push his, you know, stretch his hamstrings and stuff. That was the most non-flexible drum major. Um, but just trying to get get him. You I know, mean, it's Cofield. I mean, what, what more do you expect? <laughs> but yeah, so that, that that should happen. I agree. I definitely agree. I would love to get the whole band into like a, a basic basic dance class. I think that'd be cool. All right, Rick, should band directors be more involved with auxiliary techniques? Uh, my answer is absolutely. I don't even understand why somebody would not say no. Uh, yes. And the reason why is this, and it's very simple. I know y'all, man, the dude always talking about definites. The reason why is because being um, receiving some type of dance training helps you march and play better. First and foremost, dance training helps you control the core, well, you know, which is the basis of being able to march and play without feet in the sand. But a lot of band directors don't know that because they only associate dancing with the ladies out there doing what they do. Uh, in other idioms, y'all, that march, basic, uh, dance is the basis of their visual programs. It just is. When you go look at the Blue Devils, the Blue Devils is the best marching ensemble in the world. And they are doing just as much dance as they are doing uh, marching. And if you don't believe me, go watch them. So, yes, you need to know what's happening. That dance block. 
Yeah. And and like I said, what I'm saying is not nothing about going out there teaching releve or plea, you know, I mean plie is a good thing to teach because it teaches you how to, you know, have that um cushion and stuff as you're doing that. But I'm talking about simple things as being able to control the core, being able to march with a, a smooth marching style. So we don't get this bounciness to what you do. Um, standing up straight. These are all dance techniques that we don't know are dance techniques because we've got this stereotypical thing that we call dance. So, yes, absolutely. Band directors should know some of these techniques, but they should know should talk to somebody that knows so they can know what they don't know and then go learn those things, which goes back to the last conversation we had. We don't know what we don't know when you aren't exposed to something. When you haven't danced ever, my first year in drum corps, I I, I never danced. The most I did was we did a releve one year and we did a couple plies and that was it. We never danced. In the last eight years that I've been teaching blue coats, y'all have seen them shows. We doing everything under the sun other than marching. And then we go, go do some marching. We doing everything. It is the basis of the marching arts now. And I think it will help us get better. And then the last part of that is, what's the matter with a band director sounding educated and being able to actually go over and talk to the dance line other than saying, hey, how y'all doing today? Being able to get on the microphone and Sean doesn't have to come up to the tower every time while she's down on the field teaching. Hey, uh, Maya, make sure you watch your spacing there when you go into the split leap. Being able to actually use terminology. Like, what's the matter with being educated? Like, I don't understand what this what this fight is, man. I can't be informed. Uh, you get bougie, Rick. You're getting bougie. Stop your bougie. I guess. Slow down man. your like, bougie. I, I just don't understand what the fight is against knowledge. <laughs> like being informed. Like that makes you come off to your students as more um, present and in, engaged with what's going on. Imagine if, you know, and I don't know, I don't know none of these brothers, but imagine if Dr. Taylor at Southern went over to the dolls and said, ladies, you know, it looks great here, but as you go through that um, plie into the uh, split leap into the next set or whatever, and actually using the terminology, they were like, dang, my band director's sharp, and I know exactly what he wants me to do. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's nothing wrong as men with us knowing dance techniques and dance techniques. you know, approaches to what we do as band directors and incorporating that into our everyday daily activities or the everyday and daily same word, our everyday activities that um, will make our bands better. Because that's all it's going to do. A band that can march better will play better. I promise you. So, yeah, that's my standpoint. Yes. Hell yeah. We need to learn auxiliary techniques. It will make us better. And vice versa. I mean, I'm, I'm one. I'm lucky because I came up as a musician before I became a dance instructor, but I think dance instructors need to also learn. Um, you know, they they need to learn some concepts of music and uh, and some concepts of marching. I think vice versa should happen the same way. I remember Sean. I remember See, one Sean, time. That was going. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I remember I was, one I time. Yeah, I remember one time, and I, I'll never forget this. Sean, Maya, you might even been in the um, in the live when she did this, but she came up to the line. And she asked her, uh, there was something y'all were working on. And she was like, what's going on musically right here? I had never heard, you know, uh, that come from, uh, you know, a dance instructor. And me personally, y'all, I'm nosy. 
I just like knowledge. I like knowing stuff. You know, I don't want to be ill-informed. So I think that drives a lot of my thirst for knowledge. But I already knew Sean was an All-State player in school. So, I mean, that part didn't, didn't surprise me. But the expectation that she wanted the line to know the exact same information. So, you know, and Maya, I remember y'all making comments like knowing the counts and stuff like that of what's going on. Like, I think that we both can learn from each other. And I think so often and not in many bands, the dancers are completely separate from the band so much. It almost feels like the dancers aren't a part of the band until they show up on the, on the field to do the, you know, to do the show. So yeah, I think that raises a cultural conversation, but yeah, we definitely need to know what's going on on the field from every performing member on the field. Color guard too. Y'all want to say, like, I never knew that color guard could be so engaging. Cause I'm just like everybody else. I ain't, I wasn't watching no flags. Like man, I'm not watching that. And then I seen some color guards that just absolutely blew me away. Go watch the end of 2018 Santa Clara Vanguard. They put the color guard right on the 50, and I was like, holy crap! You know, it's a lot, man. So yes, educate yourself on every performing member of your band, including the dancers the Spartan Glots or whatever that you got at your school, the Glots and the uh, dancers. Yeah, that's your job as a band director. But see, and and that's what I was going to actually bring up was the the fact about Sean and even Maya. Because I'm going to be honest, I had no idea Maya had a musical background until we started the show. Like, I had absolutely no idea. And but that made her a better dancer and a better captain because she had that musical knowledge. And just like Sean, Sean, it's, it's crazy because I just remember, you know, all of us sitting back in the, in the back office at PV and Sean will just say, Hey, what about this song? It is not. And, and it's not even just because she just wanted to dance to this song because she, she has a musical ear. She has a musical background, you know, which made her song selection a lot more, a lot more credible, but not only just credible, but, but, she knows that it can work well with the fact that, you know, with her girls, just because of the fact that she has that background. So I think it's like you said, Rick, it's necessary for all of us to uh, be engaged in, in both aspects and all aspects of, of what we do. Uh, go ahead, Maya. Um, I was going to say, I, yes, I, I agree with everything. And I think that it's I agree. Uh, fake news or, you know, something that has become the norm of auxiliaries or dancers being separate from the band or why why do the dancers or why do we have to go to band camp? Why do we have to learn these drills or and all the and, and fundamentals? Do you know how much easier it is to block a dance when you understand spacing? Do you know how much easier it is to put down your transitions and put down placements when you understand hash marks and why this is two steps apart versus, you know, make your life. It it makes things so, so much easier. And again, yes, it does make you um, a better artist. It makes you a better dancer. And to be able to have um, to be able to split the line between knowing dance and music, they, I mean, they're very much integrated. And I think that a lot of times dance is put on the back burner as, oh, they just shaking and gyrating and moving their hips. That's all that they're good for. And not really knowing how the fundamentals and how the structure can help develop a band to, I mean, be an even larger or bigger version than itself and vice versa. So that's something that, something that should be debunked. 
and something that we should, for those of us who do have the capacity and do have the ability to stand in front of um, a program and implement these types of visions, that's something that should definitely be worked cross-functionally. Auxiliaries and the music program in itself on an ongoing basis. That should be the new norm and not just, oh, yeah, tell the girls to come out here, we, we running this song. No. All right. Uh, did everybody go? Did everybody? Uh, Chief, did you go? Okay, you got it. No, I let I let Gary go. Go, Gary, go ahead. Okay. So, luckily, <clears throat> I'm blessed to work with a band director that understands auxiliary. He started going to light, so he understands that. Also, in the drill writing, he's very like he's very well intuitive into it all. I mean. And I'll be completely honest, when you see Go in the Light and you see the drill that's happening and what's happening with the writing of what they do in integration, that's Kenneth Ruff. It's Dr. Ruff. Dr. Ruff writes all of that. And I can sit there and say, do, 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 do. We write a lot together, like in terms of. What? And we're both color guard people. And I'm a color guard person also with dance background. What helped our marching technique this year in 2021 was implementing movement into what we do you know if we're hybrid so to speak and we're doing both styles you got to you got to have that whole movement piece you know like maya and sean both were saying like stretching like you know when we get ready to take that first step the first thing and learning you know stepping off is a ton do so you got to start thinking about your feet and all of that and what you're doing and stretching all that so every morning guess who was stretching the band out going to like like in terms of movement, like all of that was like it was implemented, and I looked at how it helped out marching. Like it, it just helped. So I feel like as a band director, like no nobody's saying that you got to get out there and shoulder shimmy, like Quan and all of that, and five, six, seven, eight. But you, you want to know like what's going on and have some knowledge because I think somebody said it in the comments. My band director always told me in high school. He said, "Son, you may go to a program out in the sticks where you don't have no staff." What you gonna do? You gonna sit there and just let them be sorry, and you gonna mildew, or are you gonna know how to do it? So guess what? I had to know how to do it all. Just had to be one of those people, and so I was not afraid to get out there in the trenches and do it. I've taught my auxiliary dance and and color guard, and we've we've won on both. Been judged by Sean and won on her sheets. Like with me doing the choreography and all, it, it has to happen. The show don't stop, and so like even with band directors, nobody's saying that you have to get out there and like really do it, but like really know. Because that's that's also going to help you have a comprehensive show in terms of integration. A lot of people don't integrate their units, and I even use percussion as an auxiliary unit because a lot of times they're not staged with the winds, and so you may have groups that move their winds. They don't move their percussion. They don't move the flags. They're like framed in the back somewhere like that. So it's just like you don't really get to feel that. You know, auxiliary adds so much to a show. Like when you have like even from like just like dance, even when you don't have flags, like you could tell a dance line that has a musical routine. You could tell a color guard that has a musical routine. You could tell the ones that don't where they just like, okay, well, Maya, come with your 16 counts. Sean, you come with your 16 counts. You know, Quan, you come with 16 counts and we just gonna put it together. We don't care that it don't fit and da 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 da. But I'm just saying this is how like how it go together. Because I mean, even with you knowing that stuff, like you can put it together and you make it make sense musically, but a lot of times we don't 
we don't get into that. You know, well, I hired Maya to do a job, so I don't give a damn about it. So Maya is the girl straight. And I'm going to see what they look like on Friday. And let's just smudge y'all in the back and put the girls right here in the formation. Fuck that y'all didn't have. Y'all not in y'all formation and nothing like that. I'm just going to put you out there. You have some directors that's like that. And then you have some that really care, like, about, like, what's going on. So it's just really, like, the level of the attention to detail that you pay to your program and what you want it to look like as a director. Like, are you going to be that director that, I don't give a damn about it. I don't care what y'all dance. I don't want to know that. I don't care what that is. I hired you. I paid you to do a job. You're going to have some like that. What am I paying you for? But then you're going to have some that, you know, hey, you're here. How can we, like, work this together? I want to learn. I want to know. I'm not trying to be in your business about what you're doing. But I just want to know because one day you might be sick and a girl might be doing something. I don't know what this looked like. Have the knowledge and have the education of it. You don't necessarily have to have the whole action of it, but be knowledgeable of it. And I just feel like that uh, that alone will make your programming better. That'll make what you're doing, like, with your groups better. Like, it's nothing worse than seeing a stale-ass color guard in the back. Like, first of all, like, number one, like, in our HBCU worlds, we still have guards that don't know how to put their flags on on the right side. Knowledge. Uh, dancers that, you know, them, them feet just as flexed as everything and all of this. Well, we saw some girls do this and, and whatever. It, it goes a lot with it not being musical. But again, it goes like people don't care and didn't pay attention to it. And that stuff went out. So I just feel like everybody, like everybody needs to be knowledgeable of that stuff. It makes your program work when it, it all works hand in hand, because if you're bad visually, it's going to reflect in the music. If you don't know the music and kids are trying to fumble, trying to remember a piece that was passed out for a drill song on Wednesday and they still don't have it, guess what? The drill going to be screwed because we're trying to remember the notes and all of that stuff. Everything ties back to music, which your dance, your color guard, the drill, like everything is a derivative that starts at the top with the music. So it's like everything has to be musical. So like, yes, as a director, know that because you out there and your girls out here like pumping and bucking for their life and it's a it's a soft part of the song and they feature but they out there scrubbing the ground what was musical about that but we see that and we see that happen because nobody cared but even that gary even that and matter of fact i'll get out of the way mario go ahead because yeah. i'll come back to it gary because i want to address what you said bro go ahead um you guys touch i mean we had seven people on here so everybody touched on everything i was gonna say rick basically took all the stuff between rick and gary y'all said everything else so the only thing i would say to it is man i um so to to gary's point i had my um i have one of my one of my students who was also a gymnast she used to always be the person that did the um you know exercising and stretching and stuff for the band she was that person i always felt like you should use um everybody's talents in a program i think you know utilizing the skill set of everybody allows the whole group to to move forward in a better way that's one piece the other piece is um i think any great program or well i won't say that let me let me not generalize but i, I will say that um if, if if the lord sees fit that i i have a program that i'm involved with in it on that type of level that i would make sure that um we were all doing professional development i think the band director should go see um, you know, arranging clinics, um, drill writing clinics, uh, auxiliary clinics. I think those are things are that are important. I mean, sitting down with your and coordinators and understanding what they are going through and understanding somebody's plight helps you understand. That's probably why you have um, work issues. I think somebody put in the issue uh, um, about Elon Musk or something like that. I was, and I think one of the things that I hear 
you know, you have when you have billionaires who don't connect with the people who are under them, that's what creates work issues. You should want to know what's happening in your departments. It may not be all the specifics of every detail. That's not what we're talking about. But it, being able to say this department covers this, this department covers this, and I can have an understanding of what everybody brings to the table so that I can be able to address those people accordingly and I know who to address. You know what I mean? Being in charge means you 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 have um, a stake in the whole experience. You don't get to just take off just because this is not your area of expertise. This is your program. You know what I mean? So you that's just that's how it goes. So I think being able to have professional de development in all areas of your program are important. Um, having um, having the the color guard being a big part of the program, I think, is something that's missing in, in many HBCU programs. Especially, I mean. I think the color guard adds so much to like the visual aspect, and and I don't see it as enough. I don't see I don't see um, flag course enough. Like I just I would love to see that more. It doesn't take anything away from what you're playing. Like it just adds to it. It's just adding. It's adding more to what you're doing, so people see something that's better. You can even we were talking about innovation. You can't innovate if you don't want to change anything that you've done in the past. And if the past is that we're going to continually be in separate worlds. The dancers will do what they do. The color guard will do what they do. The drummers will be go, go off and I'll give them the, you know, let them do whatever they doing. And then I'm just going to just be over the band. I'm over the horn players. And then that's, I had a conversation with um, um, a director from, oh no, it was a ranger from Hampton at one point. We were talking about this. And I said, I said the band and then I said drummers. He was like, no nah, man, because he was a drummer. He's like the band, the drummers are the band too. Like a lot of times people say this all the time. They say band and then they'll like separate their their auxiliary unit and they'll separate the drummers. It's like they're not a part of the band. And it shows in the performance. That should be one um one unit. One unit. Um and so that's just that's a little little extra chair on top on everything. Everybody's been you know, great comments you had about the subject. All right, cool. Um <clears throat> We had some guests. Kenny, I saw you down there, brother. Uh, you can, uh, I know you kind of tapped out, but come on in. Uh, so let's bring the first guest up. You already know who our first guest is. It's, it's every week. He be ready to go. He, I think he got a notepad ready to go. So uh, everybody, let's welcome Justin to, to the show. What up, y'all? What up, bro? Y'all talking about so much tonight. I was like, damn, I gotta write this down because I don't want to miss something. But I definitely got no uh how y'all doing first tonight um first thing i want to i'm just kind of brief during thing rick i know you have something to say so if you got something to say just stop me whenever you, you got something to say um the first thing it was is is this young man's game i love i think it was miss uh miss sean's answer i think that it is young man's game but like i put in the comments i think that it's anybody's game as long as that you can adapt stay fresh and be innovative Ain't nothing more dope than when you see these old band directors be kicking these young band directors butt. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's nothing more dope than that. You know what I'm saying? So if you can, if you can stay fresh and stay innovative, you got to listen to the youngest student that you get. You know what I'm saying? To, to understand what's hiding on the radio to play and incorporate that old school feel to it, drum line, you know what I'm saying? It's going to work. It's like, that's my uh, answer on that. Um, another thing, I think a lot of these administrations to change. One of y'all said that the band directors had to learn the administration. I'm sorry, some of these admins in these uh, college universities just be old and outdated, and they become they just become yes men to the boys. You know what I'm saying? That's just my personal opinion from school that I go that I graduated from. 
but I think that a lot of the admins, I ain't gonna say need to be younger, but they need to be more open to things that make the school pop. You know what I'm saying? Like you see all the improvement Jackson State making simply by adding Deion Sanders as a head coach. That's innovation. That's not that wouldn't have came from a old boy member. That came from somebody young or somebody who just thought outside the box. Um, another thing, field shows. <laughs> I think that we should focus on field shows, but uh, Maya had a great point when she was playing devil advocate. It's like you gotta you gotta meet the the kids somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like oh, my guy said that a lot of the high school battle bands used to be field shows, but like they're making battle bands geared straight towards cranking, crank fest, crank fest will pack out. If you put if you put the right lineup in crank fest. Yeah, I'll pack Honda any day because we want to hear cranking. We want to hear songs. But at the same time, I understand that the appreciation comes from the field show. You got to give the the, the the crowd what they want. You know what I'm saying? If you want to stay here, the band's crank, stay for the fifth quarter. Only the band here stays. So that's a balance in between. But I definitely understand, Rick, why you said you may be scared that field shows may die out. It is becoming a lost art. And being somebody of the younger generation, only reason why I like field shows is when you when you when you work so hard like learning that drill and understanding those concepts and you go bust that thing, you find some type of appreciation. In it. Um, well, let me, let me address that. Good. Go you got to mute yourself just because you act on like crazy. bro. For real? Yeah. You just going to have to uh, mute. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just to address that. I think another reason why field shows are starting to die is because it's easy to, to arrange on a computer and put that in front of a group and sound good. It's hard. A lot of us don't know how to write drill. I don't know how to write drill. I don't. I have never written a drill in my life. So for me, if I need a drill, I'm calling my boy Gary or I'm calling some of my drum corps friends, depending on what band I'm teaching at the time, you know, to do that for me. I don't know everything about music. I know I don't. But I think at the end of the day, it's a it's one thing to to you know expose people to something and have an appreciation for an art, but it's another thing to actually keep it in a way, Justin, where people are exposed to it, and and like you said, I said earlier, and it keeps going. I think off so often than not, you know, yeah. I, I want to ask you the same question I asked, man. How many times can somebody hear a baritone played loud and high? or mellophone screaming, or some trumpet screaming before it becomes the same redundancy that you're talking about with drill? Not too many times at all, Rick. Um, and I feel you on it, Doc. I mean, I heard earlier y'all was saying about, because um, cause Quine kind of got me in the comments, I was like, y'all, you said that earlier that you could watch a field show, uh, a band from the 70s and 60s and see the same thing today. I'm sorry, my guy, I'm just, I'm smart. I'm just saying, well, if y'all want change now, don't wait till y'all get out of school and change it and become like, you know, the old cats that people don't want to listen to. Y'all should have tried to implement change now. Well, when y'all was in school, you know what I'm saying? That's just my thing. Because I hear, I, like I said, I'm always stuck between understanding the old school but relating to the young school and finding out both of y'all right. We just can't come together and make something work. You know what I'm saying? So I went to Southern University. Uh, like, I... You know, I'm other swag. I used to clown like the old fish, the officials that the other conferences do. I feel like they just doing nothing but walking to the side, side stepping, gonna use 
multiple props. You know what I'm saying? Yet here we go. Line, drill, drill, line, line, line. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, to get out. So it's just a matter of what you like in your preference. Because I could, I don't really find what they do complicated. I find most of what we do complicated. Putting a score on the field. You know how hard it is to do it at halftime. But if you know this squad not to make a zero, one through nine, we know how to make a zero, one through nine. Talk it up before the um, field show. And, and now we get it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, Doc. is That's a, 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 a touchy one. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so I, I guess for me, like to to address your comment, you was like when we was in school. I think kind of like what Rick was saying through the entire show. When you know better, you do better. Like you got to realize some things. Like when you're in a college student, you're you're thinking I'm just learning the craft to be a band director. You really don't really learn all what you need to know until you hit that field. And like I said, when you surround yourself and expose yourself around with other individuals, that's when you really that's when you really start to see. Like, that's why, like I say, Julian, he got me in the drum corps. And so when I started seeing those things, I was like, hey, bro, this is really live. We should incorporate this. Because the truth is, if you do look at the history of HBCU bands from the 70s, 80s, so forth and so on, many of the same format staging is the exact same. I think some of the, like, like Gary, Gary is here. He's been pushing the envelope in different ways. But for the most part, those quote-unquote traditions that we've been talking about on shows previously, those traditions are so concrete and stuck to where we're not advancing to the next level. And that's why you was like, well, do you feel like we advanced? And I was like, to a degree, yes, but not like to the point where we should. And I'm not comparing. The only thing I could somewhat have to compare it to is drum corps to HBCU. Now, that's completely different realms, but they continue to evolve when we stayed the same. And I do feel like we are creative individuals to be like, what's the next level of we can go to outside of patterns and motion? And I think that's what Gary was saying earlier. Outside of patterns and motions, we're, we're really, what, what are we doing? That's that's my thing. I, and I think, let, yeah, and just to take it a little bit further, Quan, like it's easy for us and anybody, you know, it ain't just our people, y'all, it's everybody. It's easy to make assumptions about something that you're ignorant to. And remember, we're talking about the word ignorant in its truest form, not calling somebody, you know, a derogatory term. Ignorant meaning we're not informed, right? I marched drum corps for five years. I can tell you right now, Justin, that what they're doing is not easy. There's a lot of technique to it. There's a lot of uh, things that you have to do to make it work and be able to play at that. I'll, I'll challenge you, Justin, and tell me and tell me how this goes, bro. If you can get a metronome on your phone, I want you to put your metronome at 200 beats a minute and move your feet that fast. And you will instantly gain an appreciation for what's happening in those groups. It's easy for us to try to make what we do better than this group or more important than this. My focus on this show has always been bringing all of us together because guess what, man? There's a lot of black people that do core style too. But we don't talk about those people because the only thing we care about is what we do. You know, it's always personal. This is not a competition. At the end of the day, HBCU band culture is important. And when we lose sight of the things that make us who we are, in my opinion, I'm, that is some of the things that's happening, then we lose the culture itself. And like Quan just said, bro. Those groups, yeah, you you talked about it yourself, Justin, uh, groups that use props and all these things. 
These are two million dollar productions, bro. And they're and these people are bringing in millions of dollars doing what they do. Why the hell can't we borrow from that? I'm sure all of our groups could use a million dollars. Like we we gotta start thinking outside the blocks, bro. Like it's always just this this thing, just looking through the people. There are things out there that we aren't exposed to that we could be if we just simply stop being against one another and actually let somebody teach us something that we know we don't know. And that and that is the whole purpose behind my argument tonight for what you brought up, bro. I wanted to hear what you had to say. But at the end of the day, these students that you're talking about, these 13, 14, 15, 20-year-old students, they don't know that they don't know. So they're only doing what they know. It's difficult to play Beethoven and all these other things, but we're not asking them to do that. Oh, wait, we are. Because <laughs> a group played Fair Elise this year. So at the end of the day, we can sit up here and we can say we need to meet the kids where they are, which I absolutely agree with you, bro. I swear I agree with you. But at the end of the day, we went to college as music educators to educate. And part of educating students is exposing them to things that they A, don't know, or B, might not appreciate. I don't like the music of Milton Babbitt. Milton Babbitt's music, can't rock with it. But at the end of the day, I can appreciate the fact that Milton Babbitt was one of the first people to add the synthesizer to one ensemble music. I can appreciate that he was a serialist writing in that style for modern day instruments. Like these are all things that I can appreciate as a musician. I'm never gonna play that music, <laughs> ever. You know, so like you said on the last show, just the same way, uh, and Zach brought it up in the comments, I think, too. I can meet a kid where they are with this uh, mumble rap and these trap music and all that stuff. Shoot, I like Future just like the next person. I put March Madness on and be in my house jamming. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I'm going to play March Madness with good timbre, good articulation, good voicing and balance and blend. All the things that make good music, music. And people can argue me down as much as they want, but I'm never going to change that thought, bro. Go ahead. And then they wrote that, Rick. You know what I'm saying? You know, that, that's, that, that's why I like and I understand you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one to just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to be open to something that I don't know. And if I, it's worse that I don't know that I don't know. That's some deep stuff, right? As you put it on a t-shirt, you don't know that you don't know. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you do figure out, you can't implement something. I just know that like, you know, a lot of DCI bands, they practice for so long, you know what I'm saying? Towards these HBCU bands, we can't do the same show two weeks in a row. I got TV, Jackson State, and and and, and somebody else the next week, you know what I'm saying? So it's different. So maybe if we can get a little bit, dog, you got to incorporate it in spurts. Also, uh, but you write about that. Um, once somebody was saying something about uh, should we, on a, oh, about the band directors and the dance team. Now, I didn't take that question how y'all took it? It says, should the band directors be more involved in auxiliary techniques? I wouldn't think in technique verbatim, like like uh like you know like spins and kicks and things of that nature. I was talking about I, I took it as ways to be successful. Like I point out to uh my my dog Mr. Evan Alcorn. It's a competition out there. I might not accept it, but it is your band versus my band, your flag team versus my flag team, and the, the highlight now the dancers versus the dancers. I like what he's doing over there at Alcon because he listened to his dance team. You know what I'm saying? He asked the dance team what they want to play. How many band directors actually can say that? You know what I'm saying? What do y'all want to play? And most likely, videographers like ourselves, you know, become a thing. They're going to shoot the dance team. The dance team is going to go viral, and the band get the credit. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like 
two dancers, one I, a dancer I don't want to say was who she from, broke down to me that sometimes, like study university, book crazy, A to Z gonna have fast, medium, and slow. But if your band over there all playing slow, somebody who's just coming to see the dance team is gonna look like this dance team out dancing dance team because they didn't give me a wide variety. So I think that band directors need to listen to the dance ensemble, however, as a whole, that way. I didn't take it most so like knowing what's going on because I think that every band director kind of should know what's going on and should know how many beats this um this this special routine got to even break it in half or incorporate the dance, the band, the dance with the dance team. I think all band directors should know that. So I didn't take that like that. I just took it as most so like techniques to be successful as far as like, you know, what can we do for y'all? Like Kentucky State. That's, they incorporate their flag team and they have features. The dance team will do a feature, then the, um, the flag team will have a, sometimes a better feature than the dance team sometimes. But yeah, that's how I took that. So I don't know how that would go. No, you you good. <laughs> yeah, you good, bro. I, I, I Just real quick, man. Like, I agree with you on that part too. You know, I, I think from for me, when I'm talking about incorporating is, you know, just in the drill and doing separate different things that, interact with different sections for this good dude uh andrews S- yeah i was S- i was gonna say that come on cam up andrews and, and just right. let's let's just have this conversation because yeah. i i really i'm i'm gonna be honest as yeah cut cam up and let's just have the conversation it's somebody in the comments andrews, making ridiculous um, comments you know you, it, it, yeah it's the same thing justin that we talk about all the time you're not allowed to have an opinion on anything. You're only allowed to say and do what everybody else does. And no point in this thing that I say that people from HBCUs don't know anything. I went to an HBCU. But you, of course, it's easy to sit online, Justin, and look at this video and just type whatever the hell you want because you can do so. So I'll, I'll, I'll restate my position again for the people hold, in the hold back. Hold on, Rick. Before, before you restate it, before you restate it, yeah. I understand you said that you're at work, but you got enough time to type. You got enough time to cam up, bro. Let's, right. let's just cam up and, and just talk. You good? I am never going to ever, as I've said so many times on this program, I am in the business, y'all are doing this for my people. I, you can sit up here and you can say what you want. You don't have to agree with me. But what you're not going to do is attack me and my character. I ain't said that about nobody. And if you, if everybody's man enough to type this stuff in these weak ass Facebook groups, and I'm sitting here on a platform giving people the link, tell me why I'm wrong. You brought up the Sutler Trophy. My band has been a Sutler Trophy finalist twice, twice this year and three years ago. So learn something instead of doing insults online for somebody you don't even know. Like, it's just weak, man. Like, we can't even, as black people, have a constructive conversation about our opinion of ways of moving the culture forward. Let me say what you want me to say, boss. Yeah, all bands are good. We all don't have nothing to grow. We don't need to do nothing. Just keep doing the same thing, boss. Like, it's just ridiculous. So, Justin, I had to address that stupidity. But anyway, bro, to you who have always been a person that is trying to work with, you know, and hear what we have to say. At the end of the day, bro, we can we can come up with all these like different ways of approaching. Like you talked about color guard and like integration and stuff like that. The fact that the matter is, man, at the end of the day, bands are gonna do what they feel is in the best interest of their band. And at the end of the day, we need to try to help move our culture forward. 
I'm going to do my band the way that I'm going to do my band. Am I going to be able to um, attract some of those mass band students that you're talking about? Probably not. You know, I would love to have a four or 500 piece band. I would love to be Jacksonville State, have 600 people on the field blowing the walls down, you know. But at the end of the day, I want a band that is about the excitement, about the HBCU culture, but also about creating great art and great music. Let me and tell you art, something. Yeah. I know I know I'm echoing, but let me let me tell you something that I think that some people don't know because some of that, you know, some band guru and uh Kwan, yes, we all want the 400 people. Um Summer bands, I just don't like the backlash that we get, though. I feel like it, it, it almost just comes off, not from you, Rick, but it just comes off as hate. Because, like, yes, I can recruit 400 people, and it, they're not going to be over 40. I can get 400 college students if I want to. It's just a matter of law of attraction. They know who I am. They know who my product is going to be dope. You know what I'm saying? But even in summer band, we do things like this. You know, Rick, how people always criticize you. I told you, you start giving them the same energy that they give you. You are dizzy. You understand what that is in the band world? Like stop, let's let's stop playing. You you like that in the band world. I gotta get a little. But, then, but see, like, Justin, let me cut you off, bro. I'll be forty next year. I was a dizzy twenty years ago. I'm an educator. I'm a black man in America that goes to a job every single day and tries to improve the lives of young people. I'm not in no marching band no more. But, and that's what these people want me to do, Justin. They want me to pick up a trumpet, play a double C, and then show and prove to them that I know what the hell I'm talking about. And this is you can not still do it. You, you can still do it though. Right. And can still do it with no problem. But, but see, that's not me anymore, Justin. I don't have to prove the, what I did 20 years ago. The videos are up. They can go look at them. You don't believe me? Go look at the O3. Yeah. Um, I just, I just posted a video. I just posted a video of myself in O5. Rick, was you, was you in, that, in that band? I think it was that Mighty Grass on the Trump. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Hey. Yes. That, was, that was me. Was, that was me, was Anton, old. and Pickles. We was like, in that band. We right. were in that band. I was in euphonium. He I don't. I don't owe these people. Oh, I, I don't owe these people an explanation for nothing, bro. My my work has spoken for itself. I've been a teacher now since two thousand and five. I don't owe anybody an explanation. Go listen to my bands. I taught the cadets. We won the DCI World Championship. I taught the Blue Coats for eight years. We won a DCI World Championship. My band now, University of Connecticut, we were a seller trophy uh, finalist twice. I already told y'all what I did in high school. I don't owe you an explanation. I have an opinion, just like any human on the planet. And my opinion will not change just because you in the comments making dumbass um, comments. So it is what it is. I'm sorry that that makes some of y'all mad. But at the end of the day, Justin, I'm going to do what I think is in the best interest of our people. And that's trying to advance us musically and professionally. They I can respect you, Rick. Yeah. You don't, you don't owe nobody no opinion, Doc, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm a, I mean, I mean, because I'm just younger than you, I guess, Doc, and, like, I know how this band work I get, and, you know, like, sometimes you just have to, show, I, you know, you don't owe nobody no opinion, but sometimes, like, I'm just, because half the people who be talking can't play a lick. They be trash, and that's the point I, I be making about in summer band. See, in summer band, we, outside looking, you think it's a bunch of rah-rah, loud, we just doing what we can't do in our college bands, but we, Get on your butt, like you said, you junk, you can't play. I watch people you talk about the summer band and come back and want to learn. I'm talking about you just come come to practice earlier and, and show me how to play. I mean, and then we crack our jokes out. What school you go to? You go to such and such, yeah, y'all ain't learning it over here. We it's it's methods in, in inside the madness. May, you may not see outside looking in, but you don't want to be trashing these summer bands either. You know what I'm saying? Granted, you know, we may hang over a little bit and we may shoot some stuff that just 
you know, hang over and do some crazy stuff. But at the same time, we actually reading this music and learning a book in like two or three weeks. That takes skill. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. That's my time, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'll get somebody else on. But Rick, don't worry about the people in the comments, Doc. I told you your resume. If you just start like this, you need to write a doc. I'm not, I'm not. Video, dog. You're gonna get a lot of respect. Like they, they be still stuck. <laughs> Bruh, I really want you to understand. I ain't worried. I don't know. I don't even know who that is. I, I don't know these people. I don't get mad about people I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's somebody he said in the hospital. I don't know. Top in your backpack, and you and people just out here like you're not scrapped. Like that video, good, I was bro. what in fourth grade watching that. Not the third. I, listen, you understand? Y'all was yeah, 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 yeah. And I say y'all old, but that was yeah, we old as hell, dog. I appreciate you for letting me know that, that that letting us know that we old. Man, hey, like, that man. video was nice, oh boy. And it was some so. Like, Lord, who is this school? I told you about here. Y'all old, then what am I? Good Lord. Season, Sean. You're seasoned. That's what it is. You're seasoned. Yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all gone, man. Nice having me, man. Appreciate all right, y'all. Justin. Good to see you, bro. Right, good chopping with you, bro. Good seasonings. Good seasonings. Yeah. Uh, I saw Kari in here. Um, so, uh, Kari, we're going to keep rolling. If, uh, if you come back in, I'll bring you up. Um, so before we, um, shut down, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. First of all, uh, the first thing I want to do is, is talk about Quan and his kiddos, man, um, and his program. So Quan, if you want to go ahead and take it away, there you go. I, uh, so everybody, um, for those that know me, my little resume that I got compared to Rick's, uh, I'm a hairband director here in Houston. Uh, Marching Pride of Sunnyside Band, and we was nominated by the mayor of Houston to represent the state of Texas at uh, the National Fourth of July uh, Parade in Washington, D.C. Uh, the cost of it is $1,400 per student. I do teach at a Title I, two, and three school, and so uh, it's low, so low socioeconomic students, and uh, I want to give them the opportunity of a trip of a lifetime. So the uh, overall cost of the trip is $100K. Uh, about $1,400 per student. And so my goal is to raise as much money as we can uh, to cut the cost so that we can ensure that these kids uh, see something that they've never saw and experience something they never saw before. These kids are even excited just to get on a plane. So my pop-up shop is we're selling double good popcorn, uh, just like uh, my, dog, my dog Chief did earlier this year. Please support. It's uh, three days. Anything, uh, any small amount, it still counts and it still matters. So uh, please support the pop-up shop and uh, buy as much popcorn as you can. I need some more of that cheesy queso, bro. So yeah, go ahead and send me that link, dog. Yeah, yeah so uh, first of all, <laughs> first of all, man, if anybody, uh, all of my people out there who are watching and who are going to be watching later, uh, let's go ahead and continue to support uh, Quan's program. So I'm going to post a link right here in the chat. I'm also going to post the link in the description. So if you go back and watch this video, I'm going to post the link in the description as well. Also, I'm going to post the link in the Spotify, uh, the Spotify video. So all of those links will be all, the links will be in all of those places. So you can find those links in any one of those places. Go ahead and get your popcorn and go ahead and support Quan and the Marching Pride of Sunnyside and Worthy High School uh my city so i'm always represent the city so uh chief i feel like you was about to say something you good oh no i'm about to tell portia to send her uh, send her popcorn up this way she <laughs> said she want to donate <laughs> I, I need Mo, that. Sis, go ahead and send that to jersey 
That easy cheesy peasy, that's my favorite one. That, yeah, right, yeah, that's 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 good. Easy caramel, spicy queso. Yeah, that, 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 that's good. I, I guess I need to go ahead and hit a couple bags because y'all talking about it. I, it's good. No, it's real good, I, bro. Real good. Good. That caramel diem is, is truth. Real talk. Caramel diem is the truth. Oh, is yeah, this that's, too, that's too sweet, dog. I can't take it that way. <laughs> this final thoughts, uh, Julian. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, the other thing that we got going on, uh, let me make sure that I put it up. Hold up. Let me do this the right way. Uh, boom. And then boom. I just want to make sure I went ahead and announced this right quick. Boom. Can y'all see that screen? I don't know if you can. Hold up. There it is. Can y'all see that? Yes. So yeah, we can see uh, I wanted to make sure I, I did this while Sean was on here. I, I just watched the trailer for March uh, Feel the Storm. The, the Prairie View A&M University Marching Storm will be uh, having a limited series on the CW. It starts on Monday, January 24th. Please go by YouTube and watch that trailer. I even saw a little clip of Sean in there. She was in there. Yeah. All right. So uh, go check that out. It, and, and it's really funny uh, when I was watching the, the trailer and Sean, I don't know if you you remember, but I mean, you probably do. But uh, it really reminded me a lot of when we did when I did that first video, the uh, the Cotton Bowl video, when we did mm -hmm. the four part miniseries. Yeah. So I was I was watching it, uh, the trailer, and it really reminded me of that. So. Uh, but I don't know if you wanted to go ahead and talk about it just a little bit, uh, go for it. Yeah. Um, it, the first episode comes out, uh, Jan Monday, January 24th, and then they'll hiatus, I think, and they'll come back in February. The, the show is being kind of advertised coupled with, uh, the spinoff from all American. So it's all American homecoming, which is, uh, uh, set at an HBCU. So their whole Monday night is going to be all HBCU. Um, CCW trying to come on back to the black folks. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Um, it was a lot of people didn't know that we were shooting. Uh, maybe y'all saw the cameras and didn't quite understand what was going on. Um, they, they've been shooting since October and, um, and uh, we're all, we're really happy, we're real pleased. We've all had a good time. You're gonna see some characters that y'all know. Um, and and so, yeah, we're all, we're all really excited about it. Um, so y'all watch, y'all watch. Uh, I mean, that's, that's all we can say, but you'll see a little bit of everybody. They profile uh, certain students in the band, certain staff. And um, so it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, make sure everybody, if you're watching this right now, you're going to be watching this later. Please make sure that you go and support that show. Remember, we're supposed to be supporting us, supporting our own. So there you go. That's right there. That is your opportunity to support. You yeah. don't got to you don't got to like it, but just at least show up. Give give us give us some viewership. You know, yep. and if you miss uh, it, if you miss it on the TV, it's uh, the CW streams uh, as well. So you can there you go either stream it anytime you want to or you can watch it every Monday night. Let's have a watch and, party. And, yeah. <laughs> watch party. Uh I can set that up. We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. We can talk about it. 
Um, and then and, and going back to kind of what we were saying about support and all that kind of stuff, as I was watching the YouTube video, this thing popped up on my screen. Boom. Y'all see that? That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's the things that Rick's talking about. Those things like that. Instead of just saying, hey, man, this looks like a cool thing or just not even saying nothing at all. If you plan on not supporting, that's fine. But to go on there on a on a on a uh, YouTube video that literally is showcasing our historical black colleges and universities and, and university programs and to write that on on the website, that that's that's literally where the issue is. And so we've got to do better. We've got to do better. And they and Julian, they don't even have a problem with PV. It's like it's impulsory now. Like people, because I go to another school, I have to. I just my it just comes out of my hands anyway. Like they don't even hate PV. They just they have to say that out loud because they go to whatever school they go to. Sean, kudos to y'all. Y'all are advancing HBC culture culture in a positive way, not online in band groups glorifying or laughing at somebody sexually harassing students and stuff like that. Y'all actually doing something. Oh, I'm going to be real, Sean, because we can do that stupidity and glorify that. But a band is actually on national TV doing something for HBCU bands. Oh, that sucks. So, Sean, kudos to y'all. It's a big thing for us. It's going to keep HBCUs and people's thoughts and hopefully bring some more money to the the marching storm. So, kudos to y'all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. All right, man. It's it's about that time. Uh go ahead and to go ahead and get out of here. First of all, I want to say uh, before we head out, please go ahead and click that like button if you haven't already done so. You may also click the like button when you go back and watch this video. Uh, but you know we're gonna do it the way we always do it. Uh one uh before we get to that point, though, I want to thank Sean and Gary for coming through, stopping through with us, man. Y'all were definitely your your comments was definitely needed. Um, you guys gave some great gave some great feedback, so I do appreciate you all for stopping through. So let's start with Sean. Any final thoughts or anything that you got? Um, final thoughts for me is is sort of piggybacking off of what you just said is that we have to um, support our own and we have to work together and support one another. Yeah, we have, we, we have thought on all ends of the spectrum, but as we know, we're not a monolith. We can all think what we think, but we can all still come together and support one another. And, um, and so that's just what I hope we'll do. And I'm just really excited. You guys, uh, Julian, Rick, Mario, just Quan for putting this together. Y'all know when I first saw y'all's first, y'all's first thing about your show, I was like, I'm in there, you know, I'm, I'm going to support this. And that's what we have to continue to do. And, um, you know, we need to support our own because one day we're going to look up, we're going to blink. And once we see that first HBCU band take the hit, and not show up anymore or not be there anymore, then we're going to all wonder what happened. What happened? Where'd the band go? So, you know, we need to understand. We need to understand how the world works and we need to understand our history. And so uh, y'all just be good out there and let's just support one another. Let's keep this up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Quan, any, any final thoughts, anything you got for the culture? Uh, another great show. 
Um, I do want to mention, uh, you know, keep uh, the sonic boom in the South in your prayers. They lost a tenor drum player. Uh, I want to pronounce his name correct. Erniston Arnold Jr. He passed away. And so, you know, when we lose one at that age, you know, it affects us all. So keep the sonic boom in, in, uh, in your prayers. Uh, I believe he was a member uh, previously of the Master's Touch Drumline, which is uh, Mr. Kelvin Berry, who was my uh, drum instructor that actually changed my life. So praying for that entire family, praying for that band, praying for praying for those band directors, praying for that family and that university. So even though, you know, we go, uh, you know, against one another, you know, in a playful manner, uh, you know, when something happens like this, we we need to come together and make sure that we do the right thing and pay our respects and keep each other in our prayers. Bet 100, 100%. All right. Um, Rick, any final thoughts, anything you got for the culture? Yeah, a couple of things, man. First, I want to give another shout out to Sean and Gary for being here with us tonight, man. Like y'all were super dope tonight. I agree. Really, really interesting perspective. We talk a lot about music, so I think it's really important to get you know the the visual side of what we do give you a voice as well so that's huge and then sean also to you thank you for shout, shouting out talk that talk at the conference last week you didn't have to do that you know and, and i really appreciate you know trying to bring people to what we're talking about uh everybody out there this part this platform is not about about mess and negativity you're not gonna come here and hear us talking about who sucks and all that stuff. We're not gonna. That's not what this platform is for. There's plenty of platforms out there for that. You know, enjoy those. You know, it's something for everybody. But if you want some positive stuff that's gonna be trying to help move the black culture forward, especially from a musical and band perspective, then this is absolutely the platform for you. That is what we are here to do. We ain't here to stroke anyone's ego. We are here to bring light to what actually happens in the community from all sides of the community not just one or one band, um, and and truly try to improve the experiences of young people because that's ultimately what this is about. These are students in these bands and in these uh, went ensembles. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave that with that. Um, musically, I've been listening to a lot of cool stuff lately, man. I've been on you know, a lot of, of, of weird, well, not weird, but off the beaten path things and, um, and just you know some straightforward stuff. Um, so I'll give you a couple. Ricky Dillard has a new album coming out and you can actually pre-order it right now. It's called Breakthrough, The Exodus. It's a live album. So if you want some good gospel, it's like six tracks from it already been released. So go check that out. Um, I like rock and roll, y'all. I do. Sean knows that. I did it with the, uh, I was the jazz director at PV, uh, the time I was there and I, everybody knows I love Radiohead. I've always been a Radiohead fan and we did some Radiohead music at PV with the jazz band and it was hip. So Radiohead, I will always suggest them to anybody. But if you want like a new age rock band to listen to, you want to get some rock music, uh, Tame Impala. Tame Impala has a new album coming out. It's the side, uh, the B tracks from that album they just released in 2020. Uh, so yeah, man, there's some good stuff out there. Uh, Y'all know I always try to bring you some hip. I gave you some went ensemble music earlier. So uh, happy listening, y'all. I can't wait to be with y'all next week. God willing. Have a good night, y'all. Support Black. All right. All right. What's good, Ma? Maya. 
about to drop her camera. <laughs> Any final thoughts, anything you got for the culture? Jesus Christ. It's a shit show over here, obviously. Uh, uh, um, that threw me off. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I mean, thank you for stopping by as usual. I'm glad to see the numbers are, are, are doing an uptake. Um, but I'm just glad to see that the reach is expanding, that we're having, um, we're having the conversations that need to be had. Some that, you know, have not necessarily been talked about before, um, but just glad that we're having a, a community of positivity, um, bringing light, bringing knowledge, bringing expertise to um, topics near and far that are necessary. So y'all come on back now next week. All right. Come on back now. You hear? All right, Chief. Any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture? Uh, not much, man. You guys have covered everything that I actually wanted to say, man. But I, I think it's important for us to continue to have these conversations. Um, conversations followed by actions in our programs, um, supporting one another in every way possible. Um, I think it's important for us to make sure that um, criticism can be done in a way that's tactful. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, we, and we need to understand that there's a difference between uh, being antagonistic and, and just overly critical of someone else versus actually seeking information about what someone's point of view is. And I think we need to learn that in general. I think sometimes within our, uh, within just American culture in general, our world, but oftentimes within our smaller bubble of, of, of individual society, we have a very unique time. HBCU is a very unique moment in history right now where um, HBCUs are trendy to the to the world. Um, we kind of go on these ebbs and flows, and we should take advantage of it. But we can't take advantage of it separate. We got to be together in order to do that. So um, let's continue to be positive about um, our different approaches, and we can talk about our problems, but speak about it in a way that's respectful to each other. Bet. Gary, first of all, final thoughts. Anything you got for the culture, bro? Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me. Appreciate the call um, from Rick because he like called me. I was like, Rick called me. What are you calling about? I mean, I knew like not one no like random call, but I mean it was like during the daytime. Which I mean, normally if I talk to Rick on the phone, it's around that time of the day. But um, so he called. I didn't have a chance to get a haircut. That's why this hat is on, looking real crazy. But I appreciate you guys having me. Um, I didn't even know about this show. I mean, you know, I'm on social media, but you also know how the algorithms are. So I want to shout, um, shout Farad Gray out from the Spartan Legion because he was like, hey, start watching this show. He's like, you know, da, 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 da. So I started watching it. So maybe September I've been tuning in. So I don't really comment a lot, but I'm always watching. It's always on the TV. And I just sit back and just, you know, watch you all from week to week. Um, I just want, like, everybody to continue to grow and push our culture forward. You know, make sure that we keep what's ours, ours um maintaining and preserving what it is but also growing and innovating um i also want to thank sean um for being the fearless leader that she is for our hbcu auxiliary dance um auxiliary and dance association you know we have some special news that will be coming out in terms of color guard that we're putting out um sitting here working on it now is what i'm blending back and forth so if you pay attention to that instagram page she dropped a video 
later in last week about something that's coming out and it's going to be something big that we want to push on the initiative of color guard you know we always dance 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 but we want to shed light on just all the auxiliary units that we have in hbcu so we have something special that's going to be really big that i feel like you know even with COVID going on it's still achievable and it'll be done um in terms of that as far as me anybody who um, I run The Spill. The Spill is my company. Um, for years, I was a sole proprietor as a drill designer, but about three years ago, I rebranded as The Spill. Uh, in the pandemic, 2020, when we got into the pandemic, I mentored about 24 band directors during the summertime. I was just drill design. It was just something free because everybody was arranging, 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 arranging. And, you know, that was cool. I didn't have time for a ranger's challenge. So, Instead, I just wanted to, you know, chop it up with band directors and we talked drill, just like free. We, we won't do nothing. And so we did it. And so now my big initiative this past summer, 2021, I catered to HBCU college students. Um, the big thing on planting that seed of drill writing, not trying to be style specific or nothing like that, but planting that seed because those seeds need to be planted. Like this year, I plan on catering to high school students. I became a drill designer at 15, like toying around with it at the age of 15 in high school and somebody else could be creative like that as well and so i want to tap into that and so that's something that i have which is an academy that i do that that that's going to be different i'm going to have something for the band directors as well but you'll be paying for it this time where it passed the pandemic so uh that information will be coming as well so just just pay attention to what's going on i have an instagram page it's the spill s-p-i-e-l-d like field but spill we spilling the tea on the field. That's what it is. And um, so just pay attention from there. We're also on Facebook as well. And so I can have um, Julian, I'll send him the links and he could just put them out there. And so I have some special information dropping as well as that. So if you're somebody who, you know, needs some extra show design, drill design instruction, or even on Pyware, um, I'm learning Envision now. I never really, I've had it for about five years and never used it. So now I'm in this off time learning how to use it. So we just, I want everybody to be proficient as much as possible. You know, we always love to go to our white folks. Nothing's wrong with that, but you got a lot of people. You got Dr. Zachary who offers instruction on Pyware. Yes, you're gonna pay for it. You're gonna pay for his time. You're gonna pay for my time. People need to be compensated for their time. And that time is not cheap. So don't sell yourself short as black people and make your time cheap. And your prices are cheap. Like I say, it's 2022 and the prices have went up. But thank you all for having me. You better be careful, Gary. When I said that about a month and a half ago, I went viral. So you better be careful talking about money. God forbid a black man uh, be gainfully employed. My business going to still run. But yes. <laughs> all right, man. Um, so before we get out of here, uh, first thing I want to say is next week's show is going to be a special one. Uh, we're going to have another guest panelist and I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now, but you will see the fire or the, the, the promotion for that going out. The former, uh, director of bands at Jackson state university and the former director of bands at Norfolk state university, March and Spartan Legion. Dr. O'Neill Sanford will be our um, guest next week. So please make sure you guys tune in for that. That's going to be a real, a real big show. 
Uh, I have been informed that Dr. Sanford say he don't care. I'm telling all of it. I'm spilling all the tea. So hey, hey, Justin, I don't know if you out there listening, but make sure um, Justin next week you call in and ask Doc how many times he kicked me out the band. <laughs> how many times he kicked me out? <laughs> Rick, I need you. Right, Mario, you get out. You are a cancer. I don't even know if I'm part of that group. I never got kicked out. Give me my tuna back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yes, me, my, me, and Rick and Mario's former director will be on the show tomorrow as a guest panelist. So uh, we look forward to that show coming up. Other than that, man, uh, I just want you guys to continue to support each other. That's one of the biggest things. Like Rick said, uh, the show, this show was created to make sure that we bring together the culture and have the deep conversation that a lot of people are not having. That's the point of this show. And I want to continue and I will continue to make sure that that um, vision continues to move forward. So with that being said, man, you guys have a great night. I appreciate everybody for stopping in. Thank you for the support. You can go back and watch the show on Spotify. You can go back and watch it on YouTube or you can go back and watch it on Facebook. Those are all the areas you can watch it at. Please make sure you like the channel and subscribe. Until then, we will see you guys on next Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.